Local Feel Good Friday, January 22nd, 2021, leading into championship weekend, plus a big UFC fight. Let's go. Good conversations, good energy, good vibes, good times. Hope you enjoy today. Yeah, it's a great show. Tom Telesco went deep. Big time. So did Ariel Helwani a little bit. Yeah, he kind of stinks, but... Pretty usual. Lombardi, AJ, let's go. Let's have a show. If you enjoy this thing by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. This morning, we learned of the passing of a baseball legend. Rest in peace to Hank Aaron. Thank you for all your contributions to sport, to baseball, to the world. Uh, You will be dearly missed by all, not just in the baseball community, but all. Rest in peace to Henry Hank Aaron. Aaron, uh, that's obviously sad news to hear, but it feels like those types of things have been moving uh, and happening in a larger uh, uh, amount of times in the recent history than it should be. Let's move on. I hope nobody ever passes away again. That's what I've decided. I nobody. like that. You're here. That's what I hope. I hope nobody. I hope we don't have to do that anymore, even though it does feel like we're probably going to have to. You know, for some time. We might, yeah. We're probably going to have to. I don't enjoy uh, having to say rest in peace, insert name of legend here. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron. We appreciate the hell out of you. There's a big weekend ahead in the NFL Championship weekend. Who is going to be representing the AFC and the NFC in the Super Bowl down in Tampa in front of about 25 or 22,000 fans? It is being reported. Uh, the NFL is planning on having 7,500 vaccinated people in the stadium. And then I believe the other, you do the math, 18, 13, 14, depending on the exact, will be frontline workers, I believe, and people that have gone through an entire COVID protocol. So we're learning about the Super Bowl a little bit as the days continue to roll on and we get closer. But what do we know about the games that are happening on Sunday? Two old goats take each other on in the NFC in Lambeau between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, who has not been officially released from the concussion protocol, will be leading these Super Bowl champions, potentially. I mean, maybe Chad Henney at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, until he's officially out of the protocol with an independent neurological consultant saying he can play, do we know if Chad Henney's going to come out there or not? We do not. But Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead in front of the Chiefs kingdom will be welcoming in Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia. Tables will be smashed if Buffalo gets the upset over the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about all that today. We'll take your phone calls, one 888 Mad Dog Six. <laughs> General Manager of the Los Angeles Chargers, the man who got me into the NFL, Tom Telesco, will be joining us in about 20 minutes. Okay, they just made a big hiring. Uh, they brought over a defensive coordinator from the Los Angeles Rams. What was the whole thought in that process? How'd you feel the season went? Let's talk about Herbert. You were sitting there waiting at number six or whatever, so going to see what number five overall Miami would do. You said if they took Herbert, you would get Tua uh, to us earlier in an earlier interview. They took Tua. You took Herbert. You were comfortable with Joe. Tua or Justin at this point one year later after watching Herbert play we got to be pretty pumped up that Justin Herbert is a Los Angeles Charger we'll talk to Tom Telesco about that also a nuisance Ariel Hawani will join us in the second hour and uh, Michael Lombardi will also join us let's go yeah yeah old Lombo will talk about these coaching hirings and everything like that as a former general manager and also things we should think about while we bet this weekend speaking of betting yesterday Celebration for the people in Virginia. Still celebrating. Welcome to the FanDuel family. Get a chance to make some money and bankrupt FanDuel this weekend if you're in Virginia as of yesterday. And I can report with very clear eyes and good information that six minutes ago, 
Michigan is now available. This has been a carrot that has been dangling in front of the Mitten State for some time now. Mm. And just like MCDC (laughs) came in and kicked the table and the door down yesterday, FanDuel did just exactly that today as of six minutes ago. Finally, FanDuel Sportsbook is available for the great people of Michigan. Now, listen, Michigan, I want to tell you this. And we have great respect for the people of Michigan. Okay, great respect. Love Michigan. Love Michigan. And although your fucking sports teams stink. Stink. Mm -hmm. Okay, right now they stink. And old MCDC was on Good Morning Football talking about it. How he's going to turn that around. Even though your sports, even though Michigan basketball, I guess, incredibly hot. Oh, yeah. Very hot. Okay, so not all your sports think. Michigan basketball is doing well. And I assume there's some other sports that are also having some success in Michigan. But when we're talking about the main players in the the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, not great right now. But now that FanDuel has arrived, let me tell you what's going to happen. Everything's going to turn around. You're going to get to make some money. You're going to be able to have horses in other races, not just Detroit teams or not just your team who has been failing you for some time. Now you have a chance to have a real vested interest in games that don't normally matter to you. Sports gambling makes being a fan of sports much better. Congrats to Michigan getting a chance to play alongside of us every single weekend. Uh, I'm so pumped up. They deserve it. Evan Foxy's family and friends are all up there in Michigan, obviously. That's where he's from. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been told for the last month or so, or last two months maybe, that basically, oh, two more weeks, we're going to push. Two more weeks, it's going to happen. It has finally gone through. How pumped are the boys back home? They're so excited because you literally nailed it. All the sports teams stink, so we need a horse in the race, and that's what FanDuel is going to bring for them. Hey, speaking of sports teams that stink, I mean, the Lions have. (laughs) Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Motor City Dan. He's been making the rounds. Oh, yeah. Okay, will he be on this show? Let's hope. All right? Fingers crossed. We can only hope. Yeah. Mostly so we can, you know, chit-chat with him. We learned he's a big Metallica guy, so the MCDC potentially a little Ooh. bit of conflicting interest, but it's not our fault that's your name, dude. Mm. <laughs> okay, it's not our fault. Quick thinking by Frank, by the way, in that entire thing. Pretty magical. Um, but as he continues to talk, I think you're seeing Lions fans, like, start to – yeah, I'm fuck fan of Lions. Because you know? they were actually leaving the team. Oh, yeah. Just just, just maybe a month or two ago. Just oh, yeah. Lions fans have had enough, some of them. <laughs> now, granted, they'll always be Lions fans because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. But they have had enough. Motor City Dan has gotten those Lions fans out from underneath maybe the hiding they were in, the camouflage they were wearing. And you got a lot more people saying, I'm – I'm here for the Motor City Dan Campbell era of the Detroit Lions. Six years, lock it in. You got a lot of Lions fans coming back up. Is that not accurate, Fox? One hundred percent accurate. I'm proud to be a Detroit Lions fan. Okay, uh, all right, okay. all right. We'll talk to Motor City Dan too about whether or not yeah. he would like to welcome you if he ever comes. To the, if he would like to welcome you back with open arms or whatever. <laughs> but the thing is, when he was talking about his press conference yesterday, because I mean, as somebody that tweeted out the mission statement basically for the Detroit Lions and it it went that way. You know what I mean? And anytime I've talked to a couple of my friends who uh are potentially in the media business who have tweets that go very large and then anytime you get something that gets retweeted three thousand, four thousand, five thousand times, you're gonna find the enemy 
of what you're tweeting. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just mm-hmm. that's just how it's going to go. At some point in the retweet number, you are going to in- insert a timeline of somebody or a mass of people that mm-hmm. do not appreciate what you have going on. That happened yesterday at Old Mercy, Dan. I watched it happen <laughs> in my <laughs> notifications. Yeah, I watched it happen in my notifications, right? A lot of people talking about how is this guy one of the 32 head coaches in the NFL? You know, <laughs> how does this guy get a job over? A lot of people are saying Eric Bieniemy. A lot of people, by the way, if you're Eric Bieniemy, would you take the Detroit Lions job? That's just a question being 100% real. How many coaches do you think wanted the Detroit Lions uh, job? Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. Listen, a lot of success. We are on that side. But I also would like to ask a question. If you're Eric Bieniemy and you haven't been given an opportunity, would you take the Detroit Lions opportunity because they gave you one? Or would you go, I could probably run this back again with this team next year and probably have a head coach. And hopefully, I mean, even though it's been two, that's neither here nor there. There was a lot of people that hated old Dan Campbell's uh, uh, way of doing things yesterday. I seen him on my Twitter. He, he was asked about it this morning on Good Morning Football, and he said, uh, I'm talking to Motown here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's, right. That's, right. That's what he, he said. He, he wasn't trying to impress somebody in New York no. or in L.A. No. Uh-huh. He, was trying to, he, was tra- he was talking to his players in the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll tell you what, he's not lying. But he had to know that whenever he started getting into non of the kneecaps, people outside Detroit and his locker room were going to talk about it. And I think uh, I think he doesn't even give a single fuck about any of that. No. Motor City Dan Campbell is going to be a lightning rod in the NFL. If I'm watching all, if his interviews somehow remain the same way they have been here the last what 24 hours. Yep. This is going to be a good run here. And will they win games? We have no idea. Okay. <laughs> they got no wide receivers. Wide receivers are all gone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Matthew Stafford probably out the door. I mean, mm-hmm. Boomer Esiason, I don't know who all he knows, but he said he's hearing that Matthew Stafford's out. Uh-oh. Did he hear that from us yesterday? Because we just said <laughs> yeah. that. I said that as like, yeah, get him out. You know, like <laughs> save him. But it seems like there's Matthew Stafford's potentially out. He was asked about it this morning. He said it'd be way too early for me to tell you about Matthew Stafford's future or anything like that. It is just – it feels like that's going to be a very new team. And it might take a couple of days, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe a couple months, mm. yeah. maybe even a couple of years. Uh-oh. And that's why you signed a six-year deal to find the people that will be the Achilles heel Nars, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the kneecap biters, the, 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 the kicked in the mouth and smile. That's going to be tough, I think, to assemble an entire team. But it sounds like that's what they're looking to do. Will they go 1-16 in 16 next year because there's potentially 17 games? Will they go 9-8? and eight? Nobody knows, I don't think, at this point, and especially until we find out if Matthew Stafford's quarterback or not. At Tone Diggs, your thoughts? There was a wide range of opinions on MCDC here in the office yesterday. What? But as you can say, he resonated with – the Detroit fans. He resonated with the Rust Belt fans in this office. Yeah. The one fan that he did not resonate with was the East Coast elitist mm. asshole. Stooge. Wow. Which makes sense. He's not talking to those people. He's talking to Rust Belt. Rust Belt. He's talking to Detroit. Yeah. He doesn't care if those coastal elitists care. They did not like him. The coastal no. elitists. No. no. no, they no it wasn't just our... Our coastal stooge that didn't like him. Oh, that's right. And by the way, I, I, I'm not necessarily saying that that is a team I would want to play for. Yeah. Sure. Or a team that I would want to be like my team or whatever. But as somebody who's a fan of the NFL, 
I'm happy that particular character got dropped into our league. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, this, this is just strictly as a – now, in the NFC North, that might be problems, but it's time to talk about the team of the NFC North, Ty. Ty, this weekend, you're going into an NFC Championship weekend. Mm-hmm. You had this one year ago. We talked to Aaron on Tuesday about the vibes of the team. He said it was very different vibe last year as it is this year. What are your thoughts going into NFC Championship weekend? Knowing – hey, hey – Packers are 120 minutes away from Super Bowl. We're close here. It feels 120 minutes away from Super Bowl championship. It feels a lot different than it did last year. I mean, because last year when they when they played the 49ers the first time, it was kind of the same story. They just ran it down their throat, and you could tell, like, okay, these teams are in two different classes. So they got the doors blown off. You know, it was pretty easy to just kind of throw that away. I mean, I'm feeling very good at this point. Seeing all the stuff all week, I'm kind of just like, I just want to watch the game. I'm tired of hearing all the bullshit surrounding it, but. I think if the Packers don't turn the ball over, I think they're going to win. I will say our our show is actually the bullshit surrounding it, so you have to speak about well, it. I, I know. And, no. and being a Packers representative, that is something that, you know, you have been asked to do a lot. And I can understand how you could say, hey, let's just get to the fucking game. Uh, we got two hours and about 45 minutes. Well, well yeah. I wasn't, I'm not saying I'm not going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we have saying, to. You know, on, hey, you should be enjoying time. this. I am. There's only I four am. teams left. I know. Your team's one of the teams left. You're one of the owners of the damn team. I and, know. And to be honest, your team's maybe the hottest out of everybody right oh, now, yeah. which Whoa. is what any team is yeah. looking to have is the hot team, well, the hot hand. That is what's interesting because, you know, I think in years past, I haven't really thought about like the, uh, the chemistry of the team until we really started talking about it and you started shining a light on it like last year you didn't see any of the shit that you saw yesterday when they're out they're outside it's snow and it's cold and everyone's dancing everyone's vibing having a good time like it just it seems like the team this year feels much different than last year's let's, team let's talk a little bit deeper about the headspace of players mm-hmm. you know because it's humans out there it's not Madden. whenever they're dancing what does that mean they're comfortable. Well, why are they comfortable? Oh, because they're confident. Why are they confident? Oh, because they feel good about everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So whenever I say like, oh, they're dancing, they're in a good spot. It's like, well, there's a reason. It's not just because they're dancing. It's like, let's dig a little bit deeper, shall we? Why are they that loose uh, the night before a game in a team meeting? Why are they that loose in practice on a Thursday or a Wednesday when it's their big work day? Oh, this team must be very comfortable with where they're at right now. This team's messaging, whether it's from the coaching or whatever, should, is probably sound like hey there ain't nobody playing better football than us right now mm-hmm. we got to get to work there's a reason why teams are loose and i don't think i mean uh, you can probably show me a couple examples of it but i would assume there isn't a lot super loose entire teams that have gone out there and just got their complete dicks kicked in now maybe it has happened i'm not sure but whenever you see a team that's very that's my first go-to because mm-hmm. anytime i was on a team where it felt like assholes were very tight the reason why assholes were so tight and everybody was nervous because we had no idea if we were going to win or not whenever you're on a team though that's having a good time it's like oh this team oh this is a group of dudes who feels like yeah we're in a good spot yeah. right mm-hmm. now it was that the bills did that obviously yep. they've done that the last couple of weeks now who knows what was happening in videos that don't get released or if somebody doesn't have camera but the packers are vibing out there mm-hmm. i mean it, you can tell who's confident and by the way final four i guess everybody should be but that's not always how it works normally you're like oh shit i can't believe we're in this moment i think the packers were potentially that team last year yeah i, I think they didn't expect to be there mm-hmm. i don't know if they expected to go um but man 
There's a reason why that type of confidence is, is something that should be talked about and taken a little bit more serious. If a team likes each other, they're probably gonna they're probably gonna play harder for each other. It, that's just a natural thing. Think back to your high school. Like whenever you were boys with somebody, you probably you know tried harder with that person yeah. as opposed to if you have people that don't like each other, which happens in locker rooms because whenever you start failing, by the way, normally a lot of fingers get pointed, especially if there's a lot of money on the line, and some people can potentially feel like they get left with their hand outside of the pot. Mm-hmm. So whenever you see a team vibing, I think it's a good deal. I think it's a really good deal. Well, and Rogers alluded to it on Tuesday. He said like last year, it's not that they didn't expect to be in the NFC Championship, but they kind of just got there and like everything was still kind of new. And this year, it, it's it's not like that at all. I mean, I, it, it does kind of worry you a little bit. Not that it should about them getting the doors blown off earlier in the season, but that is kind of in the back of my head, you know, somewhere. Uh, but you know, like Roger said too. I mean, the the Tampa Bay got blown out by thirty-eight three, yeah, and at home, just fine. So we'll see. Hopefully, the elements. Hopefully, it's it's really cold and snowing. I mean, I that, that I think that only goes in the in the Packers' favor. But that is also um, what he talked about with the thirty-eight three thing. Any player basically. Uh, has the mindset that nothing that happened in the past matters today. Mm-hmm. Like, literally nothing that I have ever accomplished in the past matters unless you do it today, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a very real thing, and that's also a way for uh, players to stay motivated, stay focused, but also not kind of rule themselves out of anything. It's like, hey, nothing that happened in week six matters today. By the way, nothing that happened last week mm-hmm. matters today. Yep. Nothing that you did yesterday. Now, granted, you prepared, you've learned and everything like that, but none of the things that you have executed perfectly yesterday matter unless you do it today. And I think that's why whenever Aaron goes, what were your thoughts on a week six matchup? He's like, that does not matter. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm sick of answering this. Why don't we talk about the 38-3 with the Saints-Bucks right. thing that yeah. just happened? You know? mm-hmm. Because players really believe that. Like, like, I think a lot of people are like, well, earlier in the year they saw this could happen. It's like, yeah, you probably changed strategy a little bit and everything like that. But everybody knows that that same game is not going to happen today. And there is a way to control today. You can't control it. It's just, for me, it's very interesting to see the media's take on things and then what real life is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's two different things. One has to talk about something. One has to do this something, but the person that's talking about something also has to have stories and everything like that. So I'm kind of starting to understand why people are doing it. I mean, we go bonkers in here when people are dancing, mm-hmm. but if somebody can show up and lay a fucking egg, any team can do that. Yeah. Any team can do that on any day. It's happened to the absolute best. That's why week six does not fucking matter to anybody. or It shouldn't matter to you at all either. Championship weekend, real quick, Connor. Your team's probably never going to be in this weekend ever nope. again. You were there for 20 straight years. Yeah. What's the mindset for the Patriots fans, huh? Glad I had to run uh, for the Patriots fans. I think you're just hoping Brady doesn't make it so that he doesn't win seven and then you never see him in a Patriots uniform ever again yeah. like Peyton with the Colts. Yeah. But, you know, I have my money on Bucks Chiefs in the Super Bowl, so I will be pulling for Tom Brady and the Bucks to then lose to Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's very, oh. it's very nice of you to go against our guy. Uh, Aaron, I do. But uh, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you bet on Tom. It's money. Uh, speaking of what Connor just said, he's got Bucks Chiefs in there with Patrick Mahomes winning another one. Uh, Zito's poll today revolves around oh, yeah. this particular conversation. What's the poll today at Viva Lizito? If you yep. would like to vote. Yep. Uh, what's the Super Bowl going to be? Uh, last place right now. We have Chiefs Bucks at nine point two percent. Then we got Bills Bucks. 9.9. Then we got Packers Bills 37.2 and Packers Chiefs 43.7%. And by the way, a lot of people say, hey, you're just picking the favorites. No, no. I, I think you're at this point, 
Every team is a favorite at some point. I yeah, mean, four yeah. teams left. There's a reason why every team could win or could lose. Uh, my super boost that's on FanDuel is Packers-Chiefs parlay for them both. And that's very, hey, I know it's not fun. I know it's not fun. <laughs> Home team, they're both favored, everything like that. I mean, I got friends that are on the Buccaneers. I got friends that are on the Bills. Yeah. yeah. I don't, it's not fun. It's like, this is just, whoa. Whoa, dude. Whoa, was that? Oh, oh. Whoa, did we get Uh-oh. Whoa, we see. Oh, I thought we had a computer breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> thought we had some, but I like Packers Chiefs. I just like the Packers and the Chiefs. Those are the two teams I think are going to win. I think they should win. Uh, but here's some breaking news here from Tom Pelissero. Bucks ride receiver Antonio Brown is out for Sunday per Bruce Arians. <laughs> Uh, due to that knee injury he suffered last week that wasn't really talked about on the broadcast, didn't really know about. Then he was moved to day-to-day. What just happened? <laughs> Somebody just yelled back there? What was that? I know what it was. What was it? What was it? Had to have been Nick. Said, oh, that's a shame. It's a damn shame. <laughs> oh, dude. All right. So, Nick's Steelers fan, obviously, there. And so is Diggs, who's laughing maniacally. Like, this is... Uh, the guys, can you guys not move on? I'm laughing at Nick. I'm uh, laughing yeah, yeah. at Nick. <laughs> You've moved on. He's moved on. Okay, he's down in Florida. He's with a new QB. He's got a new best friend. Mm-hmm. And now he's out. That's a shame. He made a hell of a comeback. Had a hell of a run going there at the end of the season. Now he's out for the championship game. I would assume he'll be back for um, the Super Bowl if they make it. But now he's one less weapon. Will Gronkowski, Evans, Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Cameron Brait, Scotty, Scotty fucking Miller. Scotty, is that enough weapons to go into Tampa or into uh, Green Bay and get a dub? We shall find out. Joining us now is a man that was with the Indianapolis Colts for a long time. I believe he was even potentially at the Bills with Bill Polian at one mm. point because he is a Western New York, upstate New York guy. I believe mm-hmm. he is now the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers. Last year, obviously, big-time draft with Justin Herbert leading that whole thing off. He panned out to be pretty good. Ladies and gentlemen, general manager of the Chargers, Tom Telesco. What's going on, Tom? Thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you for joining us. Every time I talk to you, I feel like I uh, get educated in football, and I feel better and better about the thought that uh, a guy with as big a brain as you said, maybe this kicker from West Virginia could be our punter. I very much appreciate that, Tom. Hey, I'm just glad I hit on one. I've I've missed on a lot of others. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Let's talk about somebody you hit on. Uh, This season, obviously, the circumstances surrounding Justin Herbert's first start, not ideal. But once he gets in there and he has the season he has, throwing to spots, the ability to, it felt like even though he's more of a quiet reserve guy, he was running guys over. He was celebrating. Feel like he had good command of the team. You have to feel very good about Justin Herbert being the guy you selected last year in the first round and being the face of your franchise here for what, the next 15 years potentially. It was really great seeing him develop the way that he did. And it was interesting because that first game that he went in and played against Kansas City. That was the first time his teammates and his coaches had ever seen him play live before because, you know, at training camp, we had no preseason games. Uh, we had no inter-squad scrimmages. And even in those, you don't hit, you know, it's not full speed, full contact. Um, so, you know, they saw him in training camp. They saw him throw the ball. But, again, there's, there's, there's a pass rush, but he knows he's not going to get hit. So they hadn't seen him play live until that Kansas City game. And, um, you know, he took it and just took off. And, and, and there, was, there was one play in that game where uh, he scrambled to his right 
and he took a big hit uh, from one of their linebackers, and uh, their linebacker hit the ground and 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 was probably concussed. Sleep, yeah, down for sleep. A while. And yeah. Justin got up, stepped over, walked back to the huddle, and our sideline was like, "Wow." You know, so that kind of, you know, you have to see those things. His teammates need to see that and, and to see the type. And that's how you start to lead when they see, you know, what your toughness level is, how you handle your in-game situations. And, and it just kind of grew from week to week after that. Tom, evaluating quarterbacks on whether or not they'll be able to transition, which, by the way, I would assume why uh, that's why a lot of the players on the team were like, well, we haven't seen them live. And we've all seen quarterbacks that are great in college. Then for some reason, when they get in the NFL, they just can't figure it out. When you were evaluating Justin Herbert, what are some things that made you go like, okay, I think this guy's game, there's a, a likelihood that this guy's game will transition into the NFL. Not that they all will. I mean, there's a long, long list of people that have not made it. But what were some traits you think you saw from him in college or in a meeting with him that whenever he got to the NFL, he would do exactly what he did? Was there anything you could kind of put your, your finger on? Well, I'll tell you what, our scouts did a great job. Kevin Kelly and the whole staff, we had scouted him very hard for two years, really, because we thought maybe he would declare the year before. So we were preparing like he might, he may declare for the draft. So we've done two years of really um, heavy research on him. Um, and it's really, it's like trying to put a puzzle piece, a puzzle together. I mean, it's it, the projection from any position in college to the professional level is difficult to make with quarterbacks. It's even harder. Um, but with Justin, you just start with the intangible part of it. As far as his makeup, his intelligence level, his football intelligence, his work ethic, his drive. Um, it was all exactly what you would want in a franchise quarterback. So that was the first thing. And then, you look at the physical skills that he had, his size, his, his athletic ability, his arm strength, um, his, his release, um, that all goes together. And then at, in college, I mean, he, you know, they won a lot of games there. Um, he didn't turn the ball over, which was, and they showed that same thing here, knock on wood, he protects the football, but can still make some big plays. Um, but he led his team, and he did it in different ways at Oregon. He did it with his feet, did it by running. Um, and he tried to put the whole package together and try and figure out, does he have enough traits that we think he'll project to this level we thought he did and he's he's you know turned out very well so far when he cut his hair did you think he was gonna suck or what <laughs> when i got home uh, my kids weren't weren't happy about it <laughs> his hair was to start with so uh but uh yeah that that was uh, an interesting moment didn't change anything though still played the same yeah i'd say you guys got some wins after that the year you guys were in so many games i mean it had to be heartbreaking to uh, i mean as a fan but i would assume as a general manager as well there were so many games we thought you all were going to win like watching every game herbert was getting hot making decisions it was like all right they're in it they're up four at this point with a certain amount of, they got this left and then you guys started winning games by the way four out of the last five i think it really started going there what do you think it was that kind of took it to the next step how did you guys learn how do you think the locker room learned how to win what do you think it was and do you obviously you expect to see more of that but how does that carry into next year you think yeah i mean it's, it's a credit to the coaching staff that was here last year the guys continued to play hard even though we we had a bad loss to new england late in the year a very bad loss and at that point you know we were out of it we weren't in the playoff race we still had four games to go um the guys came into work every day um, with the same attitude and you saw improvement and then when you get a win you start seeing some results um, and, and like you said we had a lot of games this year where our offense you know a two-minute situation you could drive down and get points um, and that's you know that's for a rookie quarterback that's hard to do um, two-minute situations red zone those are two things for rookie quarterbacks that are very difficult at this level you have to kind of grow into it um, but uh, guys continue to play hard so I think we have a nice base foundation here um, built by Anthony Lynn 
now we get to continue to kind of grow in that, keep building that up um, with this new staff. You know, it's exciting. It's, it's going to be a lot of change on both sides of the ball um, and in the kicking game. Um, but we're excited. It's going to be a, a new Chargers team as we move into 221, but we're excited about it. Okay, let's talk about the transitions that you've had to make here. Obviously, it's never easy. I assume you and Anthony Lynn had a great relationship. I mean, we saw that in Hard Knocks, and it seems like you guys have had a great working relationship. Making that decision, uh, I don't know how – is is that you, the owner? Is that a fool? Like, who? how does that whole process go? And is that any, the most difficult decision of your job? Is that the most uh, – is that the, the worst part of the whole thing? Thing? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. It's, yeah, it's up yeah, there. I mean, I you know, and then when you hire the head coach, it's the most important decision your organization will make is, is who's going to lead your football team. So, yeah, a lot of thought goes into it, you know, from ownership, you know, to me and trying to decide what's the best direction for the football team. And um, hiring the head coach is it's a very it's a difficult thing to go through because it's just so important. I mean, it's, it, it drives everything, their vision, the culture they want to build. Um, and then just the X's and O's on both sides of the ball, what they want to do, how it's going to fit. Um, so it's a long process. It's a grueling process, but it's, it's uh, something you go through when you work as a group together and try and find the best coach you can. But, yeah, it's not a – not a pleasant process at, at the forefront of it, but uh, I think we got the right guy in the end. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, we'll definitely talk about the guy you chose to hire. He doesn't, I don't, unless he has to move, I guess, south a little bit in the in the city. There, that's a good move there to kind of save that whole thing. But the um, Matt Rule just came out and he said that they were so extensive in the general manager hiring because he was a new head coach and got a chance to really pick the brain of a lot of people and everything like that. Whenever you're doing the interview process, because it's getting talked about now more than ever with everything, and it's Zoom calls, I'd assume, what is going on in those conversations? What are, What is being asked of the coaches? How? What are some, like, is there any of those combine-like questions that general managers sometimes ask players? Is there any of that, or is it more like strategy, scheme, vision, and how does it all, how can somebody do well in those versus not do well in those yeah i'll tell you what i we're, we're one of those teams we don't do those crazy combine questions to prospects i just <laughs> those just drive me crazy we, we kind of keep it keep it professional keep it normal but you're right so so during the zoom world now you know we talk to a lot more coaches than we usually would um just because we could because just efficiency wise and it is great to be able to talk football with with that many you know, really great football minds, you know, people you usually wouldn't have a chance to talk to and see what their vision is, see what they think of our football team. Um, but most of the interview, like there, there's, there's three parts of the process when at least how we handle it when we're hiring a head coach. Um, you know, one is their resume on the field. And that's pretty easy. I can put the tape on. I can watch the Rams defense. I can see how the players performed for for Brandon Staley and his staff there. Um, so that, that's that's part of the part of the process. The second part is the interview, which is very big. And a lot of the interview is just based on what's your vision for the culture? How do you want to build it? Specifically, how would you implement it? And then a lot of it is offense, defense, and special teams. And, and the X's and O's part of it. Um, what kind of staff you want to put together? Um, what traits of the assistant coaches have to have? And then it could even get more detailed into how you handle training camp, how you handle the, the regular season schedules, practice schedule. I mean, it could go on. It could go on for hours and hours and hours. You have to kind of have to – and each interview kind of goes in their different ways. Um, you may talk about your own personnel. Um, and the third part is, is that vetting process of talking to other people that know that coach, but trying to find objective uh, opinions, fair and balanced, which is not always easy to do. And a lot of people have agendas. I'm trying to – and the same thing when we scout players. I want to get objective uh, thoughts on them, you know, just like when we scouted you at West Virginia. We talked to all the people at West Virginia about you, and they gave us the full scoop. 
Um, and then you came in to visit with us, and it was all yes sir, no sir. I'm like, I don't know. Is <laughs> but he seemed like a great kid when I met with them, you know, in the meeting room. So we try and put that all together, and look, that turned out just fine. Well, um, they had a couple of those objective, objective comments from people, and they try and tie it all together after that. Yeah, there were some bumps in the road there early, but, but one big one, it was all alleged, obviously. But mm -hmm. aside from that, I think we kind of <laughs> turned it around. Um, what I thought you were going to hire Dable. He went to, you went to high school together. That was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. yeah. Somebody mm -hmm. came on, Orlovsky came on our show and said, why do you think Chargers haven't hired a head coach yet? They're hiring Dable. Went to high school, offensive guy. Look what he did with Josh. He'll do it. it was that – why didn't you – you hired Dable at some point, I heard. You know, I've, I've been very fortunate. I'm watching the Bills-Ravens game last week. They showed both offensive coordinators up in the booth, Greg Roman and, and uh, Brian Dable, and they were both teammates of mine, one in college, one in high school. So I've been very lucky to – you know, be around some great coaches. And I've been in the league for 25 years, so I've also worked with great coaches. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was an interesting footnote. I've known Brian a long time. He's an excellent coach. You've, you've seen that this year, and I've seen that throughout his career. But as we went through this process, we, we tried to keep an open mind through the whole process. There were no favorites. We didn't rank the, the candidates. I, I just didn't believe in that. It's really the same way I look at the roster. As we go through training camp, I don't start looking at numbers and trying to look at position groupings until way till the end. I want to see all, get all the information in so we can make a really good decision. Uh, but Brian was great. He had a great interview, actually great resume on the field. Obviously, everyone speaks highly of him, and I know him well. Um, but we just felt like in the end, we felt Brandon Staley was the best uh, person for this job right now. Listen, definitely want to talk about uh, Brandon Staley being a head coach and everything you guys got cooking over there. Uh, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, did you interview Motor City Dan Campbell? <laughs> did you interview Motor City Dan Campbell to be the head coach over there? Did he get an interview with you guys? Uh, we did not, no. Oh, oh, Did you see his press conference yesterday? I saw a clip of it, yeah. <laughs> Man, is that what Coach Brandon Staley's going to be like? Are we non-kneecaps? What's his? Uh, what's he kind of like for those hey, of us outside of L.A.? That maybe uh, there's there's different personalities of coaching. There's no one way to do it. Bingo. But Dan Campbell is from what I've – because we did a lot of research on Dan a couple different times, and uh, I had a chance to watch – him up close. We practiced with the Saints twice in training camp for more than a couple of days. Um, he is a great leader, as you can see from. I saw the one clip, but he can lead a football team. That 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 I know. Um, yeah, Brandon Staley, just different personality, obviously. <laughs> I got your, your question there at the end. What were you asking again? I'm What's he going to be for the, Dan Campbell? His name. If you watch, <laughs> it, by the way, and you're not going to find time. You got a lot to do, obviously, and all that. But if you find some time, I would recommend you you slot out what, two three hours <laughs> and you watch that press conference from yesterday. It was a long one. But Brandon Stanley, for those of us that don't know him, uh, what is it about him you think that's like okay, this guy because he's getting maybe the next generation of the league with Justin Herbert right now. Obviously you believe that already. I'm just saying from the rest of the world, Justin Herbert, potentially the next face of the NFL here in this entire thing, this brand, the chargers job was one that everybody was like, if you had to pick a job, it feels like the chargers is the one you got a quarterback, you got a team. The roster is loaded at this point. Special teams can be good to go. It's like, why was Brandon Staley the guy? And what do you think is going to be like what he's known for as a coach or what's his style you think? Yeah, well, we have some work to do on special teams, but no, we're, uh, <laughs> great we're excited about Brandon. I mean, he, we were looking for a football coach. It didn't matter offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball or special teams. We're looking for a football coach that can really can coach the whole team. Um, obviously he's come up more on the defensive side as a coach, 
Um, he has a little bit of offensive background as, as a high school and college player and, and, and a college quarterback. And I think that does help to at least have, you know, for four years in college, had that vision of being in the huddle as a quarterback and looking at the defense from, from, a, from a different direction. Um, but uh, he has, and, and if you had a chance to see some of his press conference yesterday, ah. um, he's a very high maturity level. Um, and I think for coaches at, at his age, and, and believe me, right now in the NFL, there's a lot of coaches that are under 40 years old. Um, you have to really have the really high level maturity uh, for this job, which he does. Uh, you have to be a great teacher and communicator. Again, if you saw the press conference, you can see he can communicate. And once we get on the grass and start working, you'll see what type of teacher he is. And then the last thing, he really connects well with, with, with players. He connects well with assistant coaches. Uh, which you have to have because sometimes you may be the, the youngest guy in the room with your assistant coaches, uh, with the front office, um, with the support staff. He has really good connection skills with people. Um, and I think he's going to need all those. And he's just been impressive through, through the whole process. And, and I just like his vision of, of where he can bring this team. And uh, we're going to work together on this. We're going to get it done. The narrative was, by the way, congrats on a hire. You just said it's one of the biggest decisions you are ever going to have to make. So congrats on that. The narrative outside was that you wanted to keep the offensive staff together because you thought it had great success. Uh, and maybe that's why you hired a defensive coordinator. That's not a, You just said that you were going to go in there with a completely open mind. You, that was not something you had in there, huh? Yeah, no. I mean, we, we leave it up to the head coach for, for, his, for his staff, um, offense, defense, special teams. Um, you know, I've been in the league a long time. I have a big network of coaches. I'll, I'll give recommendations and thoughts, but in the end, you know, Brandon will decide who's on his staff. Yes, our offense did, did pretty well this past year, um, but we're, we're kind of like I said, we're going to take a pretty open mind to this, look at everything and see what the, what the best fit is with this staff for 221 and beyond. We're talking to Tom Telesco, general manager for the Los Angeles Chargers. I can't thank you enough for your time. You were awesome, by the way, Ty. Tom, with the combine being canceled this year, uh, how much more work does that put on your plate? Well, the one thing is we were anticipating was probably going to go this route. Um, so our, our scouts have been working really from home because they haven't had a chance to travel to campuses throughout the fall like they usually do. They have had a chance to go to some games. Um, but we thought this, could, this was going to happen. So, But the end result is we'll get all the information we usually get. We just have to do it a different way. Um, so the pro days on campus will be uh, very, very big in this whole process because that's where we'll get all the all the workout numbers we usually would get, you know, some, some – oh. Whoa, oh, oh, boy. whoa, oh, who whoa. is it? Is it Goodell? What's he saying? He's still there? Yeah, do you just get random calls from like Roger Goodell? Is that Roger Goodell right there? Must be. Let me see here. Oh, we're back. <laughs> hey, was that anybody important? Was that anybody cool? I don't know. But I know it's Friday, but I am working today, so I guess I have some other calls coming. In. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll take as much time as you want. Oh, you, I appreciate that. It. But w yeah. to his point about that, does that mean how many pro days would a general manager normally attend? And how many will you probably attend this year? Because that's going to be the only time you can really see anybody. Yeah, you know, it kind of varies. I mean, some some GMs are out, you know, all week. Um, we have a great, great scouting staff. I trust them. Um, our scouts are out. I'm usually in the office, usually watching tape. Um, you know, we get a tape every, every pro day as well, but our scouts do a great job. I trust them uh, to see these players up close and personal. I may get out to a couple, uh, but typically I, I leave our scouts out there to do the work. Uh, but like I said, the pro day is going to be big this year. No combine to see a player work out. You know, we, we haven't seen a player practice all year, which is different for how we scout. Uh -huh. So it's going to be different this year, but we'll, we'll make it work. And then hopefully next year we'll, we'll be back to normal. But uh, we'll still get all of our work, our work done. 
Yeah, Tom, because of the uh, massive quarterback contracts that are happening, are you going to start saving pennies now for the inevitable <laughs> half a billion dollar contract you're going to give Herbert? Yeah, or I will know, that be a year down the road? I know how that works, too. You you, you know, somebody three years, you're like, well, i got to save in yeah. this year because, you know, we got this. Hey, we got, we got a guy who used to have long hair. You're, gonna, you're starting to do that right now, huh? You know, if you guys have stopped talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's... He's a rookie quarterback. He had a decent year, but but to your to your point though, especially now this year that the cap's going to go down this year. Okay, it's never in, in my career the cap has never gone down. One year of state flap is going to go down this year, and then it will start to increase up. But as the general manager and then Ed McGuire, who does all of our cap and contracts, we have to project forward. We have to. We have to budget for for these things. Um, when you hit on players that play well, those are good problems to have. But we'll we'll, we'll budget for the future. We have to. Um, and again, you know, you guys stop talking about it. It'd be a heck of a lot. <laughs> so eventually, um, Herbert might be a three quarter of a billion dollar quarterback <laughs> with how everything's kind of going in this particular fashion. But you did hit on something there that is a big deal: the salary cap. Uh, it, what is it this year? One hundred seventy-five million was this year, and then it's being projected maybe next year one hundred eighty million. You said it's going down. Yeah, we were. We were just south of 200 million this past year, and then all we know is it won't be any less than 175. It could be who knows? How do, 185, 175. Don't how really do guarantees work then? How, are you guys just pushing like is money being kind of dispersed over the next couple of years? How do guarantees work with contracts that were already signed that could have not have guessed no, those about? Count. Oh, no, those those count those stay. Yeah. So you um, again, you know, when we do contracts, you're usually not budgeting ever for the cap to go down. So it never has gone down. As you know, most contracts, you know, each year, the contract, the money is going to go up because the cap goes up each year by a percentage. Um, we're lucky this year. We're, we're in a healthy spot cap wise. Um, but uh, yeah, those, those guarantees, whatever contracts have been signed already, those stay, those do not change. Wow. All right. We think we we want to do an assumption that normally in the off season you can tell who is a big name that potentially is going to get cut just strictly by looking at their contract versus what their guarantees are. With now with the salary cap going down, I would assume we're going to see a lot of movement on rosters. It's going to be a fascinating off season. Yes, it really is. And now, do you have to plan for that to think like, okay, there might be some really interesting names that become available for us? Is that something that, as a general manager, you have to prepare for? Yes, because this is, like I said, this is something we really just came on within the past year um, and like, something nobody had planned for this a couple of years ago. So as we go through our planning with our own team and then we look at the other 31 teams, yeah, we have to try and make some make some preparations. That's you know, the, the market could be a lot bigger than, than we anticipated. We don't know yet. We just don't know. This is like this is the first time we've gone through this. But um, yeah, between between free agency and the draft, the way the draft will be this year, the way it's just going to be different with no combine, it's going to be a fascinating offseason as far as how teams build uh, the organizations. Who are you drafting? Mm. <laughs> hey, I have figure no it idea. out. Tom, <laughs> figure it out. Tom, I mean, what are you doing over there? Jeez, just hired a coach. Let's get right to the draft. I mean, what are we doing? Oh, man. We're, we're, it's uh, You finish the season – the day after the season's over, you're on to the head coaching search, and that that that's a grind, and, and it, it turned out great. And then now you start transitioning into planning for next year, you know, draft and free agency. You know, thank God our scouts do this every day for 365 days a year. Right now they have a better feel for who's out there, what our draft board looks like than, than I do. I'll start meeting with them in a couple of weeks um, and get this narrowed down and see where it goes. We picked number 13 in the first round, and 
See where it goes. Hey, don't be scared to make some moves so we have something to talk about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, general manager, because you should care strictly about the people yeah. that have to talk about your moves, Tom. There's just something to think about. Uh, general manager for the Los Angeles Chargers uh, and the man who's responsible for me making it into the NFL, Tom Telesco. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Having me on. Hey, you're awesome, man. Thank you. Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Should. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Uh uh. Okay. You're, before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. Good. All right? That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead, and, go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll, it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all Ooh. and then you just have time of your life yeah get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee jesus that's get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee no mm -hmm. spaces uh and you can get your first month of swipes for just five dollars when you choose a monthly plan all right shout out to roman shout out to you shout out to get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee ladies and gentlemen michael lombardi yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a great intro. Thank you. I wish my mother was around to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk real quick. Your TED Talk was awesome. I'd grade it an A. I've listened to a few TED Talks on flights because that series was available in the back of seats for a while. I would yeah. listen to yours again for sure. Uh, a lot of references to old Walsh and Belichick and everything where you've been around. Going into championship weekend here, uh, uh, Mr. Lombardi, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. You, whenever you're on a team that's going into this weekend, and I was, I was young, but I didn't really pay attention. But from a, a front office standpoint, a higher-up standpoint, coach's standpoint, what are you hoping? You're just hoping that your team shows up at this point? Hey, we've already put all the work in. We just got to hope that our guys show up. What are our matchups this week? What is the, the full mindset of somebody that's been in the front office of an NFL team that going into this weekend? You know, I, I think you got to get the players to not be nervous and play like it's a game in October. You know, Walsh used to dress up as a bellman one time before the Super Bowl in, in, in Detroit. So he wanted the players to feel relaxed. That He laid in the locker room again when we played at Stanford, when we played the Dolphins. So I, I think it's about playing fast. He always believed these games, you needed simple game plans. You needed like a clean, crisp game plan, execute the things you do really well, and then play really fast. And just make sure that every third and short situation, you've got multiple outs to do it. You've got a lot of fourth down calls in your bag that you can go to. And then just let it go. And then when you get the lead, don't stop. Don't get conservative in the last 10 minutes of the game. Mike, what do you – what do you think they tell the defense then? Like when offense maybe have a simplified game plan, obviously they know third down is big. Like how does the defense make adjustments? Well, I, I think the defense has to really, you know, the key to defense because the crowd noise is gone this weekend. So, you know, you, you just got to re really urge they get off on the ball. I mean, that's the most important thing because they don't have to worry about hearing the snap count. They can see it. 
They, that, that snap count is the great equalizer in football. It gives the offense the advantage. Now, without crowd noise, the defense has it. So I think this is a game fundamentally for defense. We've got to tackle really well. No yards after contact. We've got to go after the football. We've got to force turnovers, and we've got to play fast as hell. And how do we create turnovers? When defensive linemen run and chase the ball and tackle somebody from behind. That's what creates fumbles. That's what creates turnovers. we got to get that from the defense. And we'll get your official predictions on the game this weekend on Hammer Down about an hour from now. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Excited to hear those. Let's talk about some NFL news. Let's move away from championship weekend real quick. Uh, Motor City, Dan Campbell, MCDC. Uh, he has continued to electrify microphones. Yesterday it was his press conference. This morning it was Good Morning Football. I assume he's on others. How was he not a head coach maybe 15, 20 years ago? How is he not already maybe the name of the trophy that the Super Bowl winners get? How is this guy not the guy in coaching yet, Lombardi? And what are you expecting out of him, Mike? You know, I, I think he's as long as he stays true to what he is, you know, he can't change. It's got to be every day, you know. And I, and I think this stick needs graduation at times, right? <laughs> this stick works better in college where the kids graduate every three or four years. You know, pro players, they uh. – they, every five years with new contracts so it might work but as long as he stays consistent with it as long as he's able to do that i think a lot depends on who he hires as defense coordinator offense coordinator intellectually how that works but i see him as a head coach i see him as a leader and i like that i think we need more of that in the national football league i think we need more guys watching the game than looking at their call sheets so i like that and i hope he's successful i hope this transposes other guys to get head coaching jobs that are leaders you know for me I've said this many times. If I were Roger Goodell, I would spend a lot of money setting up a leadership academy. I'd call it the Jim Brown Leadership Center. I'd do it in some NFL town, and I would invite as many minority coaches to come attend. I would teach leadership year-round at that clinic because that's the only way we're going to help minority coaches become head coaches in the NFL. Campbell's an example of what the program could look like if it were successful. Right, and I was there's a lot of people, by the way, that are going to say they do not want their head coaches to look like that. But what you're referring to is as opposed to just a strictly X's and O's person, like actually being an overall, because a lot of these young coaches that have gotten hired over the last couple of years, they just, just play callers. Now, do they have experience as leaders? Maybe in their youth sports or something like that, but they're strictly known as play callers. You, I, I, and I want to clarify this because I don't want people to think that you're, you're saying that more coaches should look like Dan Campbell. You're not saying that. What you're saying is more coaches should resemble people that are trying to set the tone for the entire building as opposed to just a play caller. Right. Right. More like Mike, how Mike Tom, Mike Tomlin does it his way. Belichick does it his way. Harbaugh does it his way. Campbell's going to try this way. I'm not saying it's going to always work, but that's what I'm looking for is be authentic, be the head coach, be the leader of the program, run the program and have everything run through you and be authentic when you do it. I think that's a void. And what happens is we have guys that are looking at play sheets and they miss the whole element of leadership. And I think that's what, what has to show up in an interview. No owner is going to give you control of a $2 billion franchise if you can't lead. And yet they're doing that because they think they can supplement it. I mean, that's what's happened at Philadelphia. Philadelphia values that they think the organization can carry the head coach. I believe the head coach carries the organization. Ooh. Hey, Mike, I know Washington, they hired uh, Martin Mayhew to be the GM, and they even said like he reports directly to head coach Ron Rivera. Like, how common is that in the league where the GM reports to the head coach? 
Well, I, I think it's exactly what I just said. The head coach leads the organization. You know, I think that's the way it needs to be. The voice has to be one voice. And I think Mayhew's smart enough, and I know Marty Herney is as well, to stay in the background. Now, that doesn't mean you say yes to everything the head coach wants to do. You're not a waitress. What you're trying to do is the things that you feel are important, but stay in the background. You know, and you allow him to be the voice of the franchise and help him get where he needs to go. Scout from within. Remember, I want the head coach to to run the organization, not the organization to lead the head coach. Okay, so Bill does it. Belichick does that. Obviously, he's one and the same there. Gruden does that. Mayock works for Gruden, right? Everybody knows that, especially when you just look at the contracts. Is there anywhere else that that is – has that ever backfired completely in, in your quick recollection? Yeah, I mean, it does backfire. I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan, there's nothing that happens in San Francisco that Kyle Shanahan doesn't sign off on. Now, that's no disrespect to John Lynch. That's just, it's in Kyle's contract. I mean, he's got it all. Yeah, I think when you give it to the coach who's not equipped to handle it, who doesn't work as hard to do that, when you give him too much authority, I think when you look at, let's go back to Green Bay, AJ, when, you know, Mike, when... uh, uh, McCarthy. It broke the model when Mike Sherman had it. Oh and Mike had too much authority, that wasn't good for the organization, and they needed to peel it back when they brought Ted Thompson in. So I I think that it has to be the right guy you give it to. And like Kevin Colbert at Pittsburgh, Kevin might have it in his contract that he might have final say on certain – but they allow Tomlin to run the organization through him. That's the key. What are your thoughts on, you know, I mean – it's interesting, the entire hiring process. We talked to Tom Telesco. He said he talked to a lot more guy candidates than he would have thought him and Spano's family because of the Zoom calls and everything like right. that. What are your thoughts on not being able to be in the room with somebody whenever you hire them and whenever you're basically handing them the keys? Like, for instance, Matt Rule said they interviewed a bunch of GMs or whatever because he got a chance to pick the brain of a bunch of people. So he did it as an intel gathering thing. I would assume at the Patriots where you were for a while, there was a lot of intel gathering up there as well, potentially in that particular aspect but how do you feel about the way the interviews are being conducted in this particular year and how will there potentially be an effect long term that this is how it is going forward like do you think zoom calls and zoom interviews because of how efficient how they don't have to travel it doesn't do anything do you think this will be how it goes going forward if there is a little bit of success I think there has to be. I think the Zoom has really helped all of our lives. I mean, you know, no travel gets allows you to get more work done. I mean, just think about it from an area scout standpoint. He can stay at home. He's watching tape. You're getting way more work done. You're not chasing airplanes. You're not on the road going to a rental car place. You know, time equals money. And the more you can stay at your desk and work on tape and work on the things being around your team, it's better. And then, look, you wouldn't interview, the, you wouldn't interview all the people that you interview if it wasn't for Zoom. And this Zoom allows you to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit to people. Well, I really don't want to talk to that guy. You know, I got to fly him in. I don't have. No, you put him on Zoom. I think it's really, really going to be the next step. We haven't changed scouting. I got in scouting in 1984. We were on 16-millimeter tape at the time. And you had to go to the school. You had to go to, you know, West Virginia to watch Pat McAfee punt. You had to go to Ohio State to watch A.J. Hall. You had to go to those schools to watch. And you only got to watch the games that were available on the 16-millimeter tape. Today, I could sit in my house and I can watch whatever game I want to watch. Like, why would I need to go? And if I, when I go to the school, they're only going to lie to me anyway. Oh, he's great. He's great. He's great. Right? <laughs> I'm not getting no truth. 
So I might as well do all the work before I go and then start asking specific questions. I think we've changed the landscape of the NFL scouting procedures and how we operate interviewing coaches. We thought about that in the first hour, I think, or maybe the second hour, when COVID obviously has changed the world in a negative fashion, obviously. I mean, but there are some things that have come from this. And I guess, what do they say? Necessity is the father of ingenuity or the mother of ingenuity or something like that. I don't know. I'm not 100% Mm -hmm. sure. It feels like because of the world, we've made some changes that I think we're going to use going forward where a lot of people are like, yeah, back in 2020, we fucking figured out we did not have to get on 15 planes a week. Turns out (laughs) we were able to just actually do this. It'll be very interesting going forward. Ty, what do you got? Mike, at this point with all the uh, drama and Houston and everything, is there anyone that is really going to want to take that job? Especially now you hear that Easterby is going to have influence and presence on like the football side of things. God bless you. Uh, I wrote I wrote today for the Athletic a column about that. I mean, I think Nick Cesario's got to change some things. I mean, I don't think that can happen. I think, as I've said before, when when there is a sense of perception becomes reality, no matter what the truth is, the reality the power lies in the perception, and you got to change that. I don't see how Jack can be the guy he needs to be. The Jack that I saw at New England, who had a benefit, who did help our football team, really make that work down in Houston because the the trust is gone. There's no trust. So that needs to get fixed. And I think that this really, if I were Nick, I would do it in this order. I would get the head coach in place. And I think there's plenty of guys that will take the job. I'd get the right guy. I'd get somebody with experience. I wrote today, I'd hire Marvin Lewis. Guy's got 131 wins in Cincinnati. First of all, you get 100 wins as an NFL coach, you're pretty damn good. You get 131 of them in Cincinnati, you're good. He's won, Cincinnati's won 12 games the last three years. He's got six of those wins. Think about it. So he would give them, they need an experienced guy to come clean up this mess with with Nick. They need it. I would do that first. Then I would go deal with the Easterby situation. I just don't think that works. I don't see how you're going to work around it. The owner may want him there, but I don't know how Jack could actually feel like he can have an impact the way it is right now without trust. And then I would go handle Deshaun Watson. And I'm not going to trade Watson. I'm going to go spend time with his mother. I'm going to go spend time with Dabo. I'm going to do everything in my power to sit there and try to figure out why 139 days ago he signed a huge contract and today he wants to get traded. All right. Hey, Lombardi, we love you every single time you come on. I cannot wait to hear who you're picking this weekend at 3.30 on Hammer Don. You're the absolute best. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Ladies and He's going to hang up quick. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Joining us now is a pest, a nuisance, a man who just became a Buffalo Bills fan a few weeks ago, the MMA expert on ESPN, the award-winning Ariel Helwani. Yeah! Yeah, Yeah, here we go. Great to have you. What's going on, dude? What do you have to say, Patrick? I just said everything I had to say. You're a pest. You're a nuisance. You just became a Bills fan a couple weeks ago, but you are an MMA expert, and there's a rather large fight this weekend, and you had an exclusive interview one week ago with one of the pretty you know, notable humans that are going to be in the fight. So this is me doing my due diligence for the listeners and watchers of this show to get some information on something that's happening this weekend. What are you doing? You look weird. You look creepy. You look like you're too close to the goddamn camera. Looks like the books behind you have never been opened. Looks like you're confused on what show you're on. Looks like you've got a Buffalo Bills jersey on the same one from last week the same one you've owned for about three weeks at this point it's still got press marks on it it's still got everything like that but but the buffalo bills are still in the playoffs so you i guess you can come dance on some graves a little bit 
What are you wearing, Patrick? Well, listen, will you zoom out, please? Yeah. Can we please? No. This has been no. on here all week. <laughs> no. All week. Uh, oh, all week. All week. That's not the deal. Listen to me. That's not the deal. You know very well that's not the deal. You know that the deal was you had to wear it for two straight days. Now, I always knew Excuse, can that you, you go were grab that a, other one? a horrible football Can you go player. grab that other one? I always knew that you were a third-tier punter and a fourth-tier podcaster. Oh. I always knew that you were a jabron wrestler, but I didn't think that you were not a man of your word. Can you but zoom out, Patrick, please? I'm not here. I don't care about your zoom out with your little rinky-dink little studio over there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in a good mood. I'm not in a good mood. You're not getting fun-loving Helwani. Nah, we don't. We don't care. Today. Come on. We don't care. You know care. who you're getting? Who? You know who you're getting? Who? You're getting fired up, Helwani. Whoa! <laughs> Patrick, we are smelling something that you know nothing about. We are smelling championship weekend, my friend. We are smelling what yeah. Buffalo. And Western New York and Coach Sean McDermott. Gloves. <laughs> My gloves for Sean, the coach of the year. Here they are. We are smelling. We are smelling. Yeah. We are on the verge yeah. of an epic beatdown. Why are we on the verge of an epic beatdown, Patrick? Why? Why? The Buffalo Bills are waltzing into Kansas City just like they did back in 1994, just like they did back in 1967. Every 27 years, what do we do? We play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship. But what did we do back in 1994? I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, but let me educate you because you just started watching football 10 years ago. We beat Joe Montana and the Kansas City Chiefs. And who was Joe Montana? I know you don't know this, but he was a pretty damn good quarterback. Okay. And you know why I bring this up? I bring this up because a lot of people say that Patrick is a pretty damn good quarterback. Well, guess what? I hope he's taking his vitamins. I hope he's on his P's and Q's. I hope we get the best Patrick Mahomes because he has never seen anything like the likes of Jerry Hughes and Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are going to do to him and his entire offensive crew. It is going to be a beatdown of epic right. proportions, just like your mealy mouth little viewers yeah. over there yeah. who like to come at the king. Because yeah. if you come at the king, what? you best not miss, Patrick. Yeah, you wear that right now. Put it on. Okay, Put it well, on. I'm just I'm going to point out a couple flaws. All right, we tried to buy merch from you, oh, and yeah. this is obviously the first time anybody's bought Helwani merch. Yep. The actual person that creates these called us. Yeah. And said, like, hey, are you sure? Are you sh this is not normal, okay? So then we said, yeah, we need to. We were kind of forced into it because of fucking... Put it on while you do this. I okay. want the clips. All right. I want to clip yeah. up. All right. <laughs> we ordered two XLs, okay? We ordered two extra large hoodies Excellent. because I ain't some tiny little pencil neck jabron like yourself. All right? <laughs> Let's go. I don't got all day. You sent us a goddamn two mediums. Oh, Jeez. Come like on. a sausage. Put it on there, big boy. Like Put it on. <laughs> Put it on. I squeeze into that. Oh, movie. come on. Look at oh, this. You never look better. This is you what you said. Better. This is your business. This is this is your business. Shit. Stretch it out, Patrick. Stretch it out. Let's oh, I see thought it. I could. It oh, Stretch it out. I thought I could. Fat guy in a little picture. <laughs> there he is. Patrick McAfee. He's never looked better. Anyways. Stretch we, it out. We I talked. want all the smoke. It's I not, want it all. It's not going to be able to, dude. It's not. It's literally well, not. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? This doesn't count. This doesn't count. Well, because your store. What I'm saying is they're sending us. 
two new ones next week, and I will wear them. So your entire thing about me not having any whatever, I tried. We we wasted money we on your oh, shit. Yeah. We, I mean, we did the whole Paid thing. full price. And it just, it's tough, bro. How are you supposed to? Look how good you look. I mean, I feel like your biceps are defined. I feel like that color is fantastic on yeah, you. It it's really color. bringing out I your eyes. I mean, I have to say, this yeah. whole thing is actually working out really well for you. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I mean... I, I mean, I haven't had to wear any of your shit merch because it Listen, came coming. Right ask one size. of the peasants over there to just pull it from the back, just like, just like stretch it out for you. Hey, don't you ever talk about these boys like they're peasants? <laughs> these guys are living large. They're in a Hell big yeah. tax pay. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah! These boys pay a lot of taxes out here. Hell yeah! Anyways, um, there is a reason for you to actually be on the show this time instead of just yeah, coming the on. Yeah, bills. <laughs> Hey, you got your little, you got your little Mickey Mouse tie and button on underneath your little fun. I was little... taping some shows, but I don't bring the heat on any other show like the heat that I bring on this show. Last week, last week I was representing Pancho Villa. Hey, don't you dare, don't you dare, Patrick. Yeah, bring that on. And you were supposed to wear it for the Aaron Rodgers interview. How dare you? Next How week. Dare you next week, if it comes in, if it comes in in time, dude, I'm not going. I can't wear it. You see, I can't. I can barely. Oh my God! Jeez, oh, what's going on, dude? I've had enough of this crap. I've had enough of this, Patrick. All right, now I got a new one for you. And hey, by the way, where's Debbie Downer? Where's ratings killer AJ? <laughs> Where is he at? He, I mean, AJ, AJ, buddy, do you know that you're supposed to actually speak when you're on camera? I remember that stupid look that I would slap off if I ever saw him in person. AJ, buddy, you know you're actually supposed to contribute to the program? Oh, oh, no. No. You don't watch the show. You just watch the clips. What do you know? You what need to you lay know? off AJ Hawk. He breaks your face. 24. You heard it here first. Go call Tony Romo. I got a spoiler for him. Mr. I can read the plays. 3124, <laughs> Bills Mafia. They're going to run wild on those Kansas City Chiefs, brother. Yeah. 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 You look ridiculous. Fantastic. Right I, I honestly feel like I've never looked better. The amount of energy. Oh, we I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the world agrees with that. Put the mask on. You look great. But the, the can we talk about what you actually know about now at this point? No. Can we make this show something at least a little bit worthwhile <laughs> while you're fucking on it? That, that seems to never happen. Can we do a little something in your world? The amount of messages that I get from your viewers, your listeners, mm -hmm. you know, the 10 of them, about how I'm the most anticipated guest each and every week, how they have come to love Fridays with Hiawani, how they think that you should actually pay me for this, how they think FanDuel doesn't pay me enough for these appearances, enough. and that I might go take my business over elsewhere. The amount of messages that I get from these people is actually humbling. And so I will bring whatever you want to the table while still wearing this mask and this jersey and providing insight like none of your other guests. Jeff Passan, what has he ever done for anyone? <laughs> I mean, that guy hasn't broken a story in like 10 years. Oh, you oh, oh, he did a Barbara Walters piece the other yeah. morning on Get Up. That was, I, I mean, Jeff Passan did say on ESPN, a naked erect penis yeah. just the other day in a big yeah. breaking news that's going to change the landscape of a lot of things for the better, obviously. So do you take it easy on Jet, okay? Jet passing doesn't deserve that. Now, can, we get, can you get into your little Mickey Mouse character that you are on television, on ESPN News, and, and whatever award this is? <laughs> when you <laughs> Look at that guy. Look at that guy. That's when I won. I think it was my fourth or fifth straight Journalist of the Year award. Guess what I'm at right now? Ten in a row. A dynasty, unlike any other. You know what they're starting to call me around these parts? 
Ariel Bill Russell Helwani. <laughs> I'm on 10. All right, that's what you're to tell me around these parts. So what do you want to know? Let me educate you for once and for all because Lord knows the days of you doing those IG lives with Uncle Dana are over now that you and I have been cozying up a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do have that feeling. I have that feeling as well. Uh, who is that? Your, you made up that award? You rented that tux? What award? No. That is actually the most prestigious award in sports. It's actually, I'm told, more prestigious than the Pulitzer. It's more prestigious than a Nobel Peace Prize as my books disappear behind me. That's how long I've been standing in front of this little screen over here. And you know the only reason why I put books over there? It's because of that A.J. Hawk. I mean, look at that. I mean, how embarrassing <laughs> is this right now? You just come in here sweating. <laughs> You have your television on a sleep schedule. That's wild being on television that you would do that. What an amateur, what an amateur hour Bush League move from the Billy Blanks Tybo award looking winning. I mean, that is a sad state of affairs. You come in with your button down on, you know, you got your Bills jersey over top. I'm going to have fun here. And then your Samsung TV says, Ariel Hawani. I'm going to go ahead and choke. Listen. Oh, 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 oh. oh, bro, let's take it down a notch, all right? It's business oh, underneath. Oh. Yeah. It's party on top. It's Thurman. Get it right. Thurman Thomas, number 34, Oklahoma State. What do you know about Oklahoma State? By the way, who's on? Who's the other running back? Who, who, who's on the bench when he started for Oklahoma State? Do you know? Uh, friend of the show, yeah. Barry Sanders. Who? Yeah, friend of the show. When has he ever been on your program? Uh, last week, program. literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally last week. Let's talk about yeah. something you do know about. Because you said a lot of very stupid. I mean, by the way, I played in numerous championship games. Don't worry. Yeah, about what do you know about championships? Yeah, yeah, How many yeah, rings yeah. do you have? How many yeah. rings do you have? No, huh? no. I Well, I got yeah. one. It's a, it's a uh, Q ring, though. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. What's that yeah. called? A, uh, how, many, uh, how many journalism Quayla. awards do you have? Huh? Uh, well, funny you say that. We actually had to move one. I got the Heisman Radio last year. The Heisman We moved it outside. By the way, how come I don't see you anymore on game day or you know mnf and all that stuff i mean i felt like you were doing great things you were jumping into the water you were doing all kinds of stunts stealing and show. they don't call you anymore what's up with that oh you were saying stealing the show i think i heard you say hey you were mm-hmm. stealing the show how about that the masters maybe the best five minutes of television i've ever done in my entire life but literally i mean i juggled a golf ball like 25 <laughs> times during it it was maybe my i would say when it comes to your FCC-regulated kind of dialed-back entertainment that you guys do on television, I would say best five minutes I've ever put together should probably win an actual— I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that's because you are you're you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about most times. That's not. Anyways, I did five minutes the at Masters. the Masters when they were— Yeah, College Game Day was at the Masters. I was confused as well. It didn't make much sense to me, but they were at the Masters. I was in my office. I had the entire caddy outfit. Zito yeah, came in, yeah. took my back. I mean, we did a whole thing. Uh, Anyways— Unlike you, I'm not desperate That's for airtime on ESPN. So whenever it started down back, I'm like, yo, not good for me, not good for the show. I'm going to go ahead and step off. Ariel Hawani's like, you'll give me 35 seconds on a show that I have to stay up for? I'll <laughs> go ahead and do that. There's just two different mindsets. You know what I mean? It's just two different mindsets. Love mind- the 35. The 35 <laughs> is huge for my career. I don't know if you know this, and shame on you for not congratulating me, but I hit a million Instagram followers. Do you know what that means, Patrick? You don't have a million Instagram followers. You could say whatever you want about your championships that you played in, but I got the Millie. This is my Millie dance because I'm dunking on all the haters. Just like the Bills are going to be dunking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Dunk, 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 dunk. 
as I knock my glasses off. I mean, golly, what do you want to know about Conor McGregor? Here, you think I have all day to talk to losers like you? you (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Congratulations on the million. Hey, congrats on a million on Instagram. Not easy. I've not been able to figure out that particular platform. Every other one, 10 to 15 times bigger than you. But on that particular platform, 100% right. Wait till you see me streaming. I'm about to become a big-time gamer, too. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. How many do you have on TikTok? I don't have a TikTok. I'm big on TikTok. I don't have a TikTok. I'm big on TikTok. Just letting you know. You've got some work to do over there. That makes sense, by the way. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. I mean, do you see these moves? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, okay. big, I got to take this off. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you look great. You we look tried, great. I, on, what I'm it. saying is we tried to, wear, yeah. tried to wear your merch. We His didn't get the right size. Sucks. For say, oh, Ours, by the way, will ship the wrong size, too. Uh-huh. So it's, <laughs> it's not I just mean, you. Maybe we could join forces. What do you think? Can you help me out or what? No, 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 dude. Okay. <laughs> Bro, I don't really... I mean, you're not going to get this off in the next five minutes by yourself. You know that, right? Well, it's because I was boxing. Yeah. This oh, thing, because yeah. I'm a big boxer now. Do you box? Are you a good boxer or no? Yeah. You just talk- I've actually... I, I was boxing for a year, believe it or not, near my home. Um, I was considering making my amateur debut. And could you imagine the pay-per-view buys for that? I mean, could you imagine what a Helwani boxing event would generate? I mean, Let's it do would it. Be- should we do it? Who, me versus you? Yeah, but in the Oculus. I don't want to get punched in the actual face, and neither do you with that nose. <laughs> oh, my God. You know how many times this nose has been punched? You know how many street fights I've been in? Like, you know where I come from? Do you know the, 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 the mean streets of Montreal, Quebec, Canada, what they are like? You have no idea where I've come from. The private Jewish school setting that I grew up in. You have no clue what I've been through and what I've seen, and that's why I can't wait. This is just an embarrassing state of affairs, you taking off this sweatshirt. Holy line. smokes. Wow. Small sweatshirt. Bro, stinks. I mean, go what? Oh, there it is. Bro, that was tough, dude. That will count as one of the days. I will only wear one of them next week. Yep. Would like that. That to be. counts as one of the days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, Not yeah. my fault. You sent a medium. Two of them. What do you want me to do about it? There's nothing I can do about it. Um, let's talk about the fight this weekend. Conor McGregor's your guy. Is that is that safe to say? You think Conor McGregor, you and Conor McGregor, you consider yourselves like, hey, we're guys, we're friends, Listen, we're dudes? I'm an unbiased journalist. Yeah. Uh, they don't All call right. me Mr. Ariel Hawani, <laughs> Mr. Ethics, Mr. Integrity for nothing. Um, like I said, 10 in a row, all that stuff. We don't have to go through the resume again. So, listen, I don't, I don't have a guy per se. I'm just a guy making a living here covering a sport, okay? I'm just that kind of guy, all right? So, you want to call me his guy? You want to call me the co-sell to his Ali? That's on you. I didn't say it. Okay, so your guys, your friends with Connor. Uh, in your conversation last week that we all watched at 8 a.m. on SportsCenter, they really wanted that to go big. Sunday, hey, 8 a.m. 1.4 million views on YouTube. I, hey, by the way, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. That's great. That's really good. I'm, I'm happy for you. They put it, though, at what? It was the 630 Sports Center. Well, that was like the abridged version for the early risers on a Sunday morning. But we all know where the, you know where the real bread is buttered, and that's on YouTube, and I'm happy with that number. Oh, uh, where we work. Well, I, listen, <laughs> all right, wait, wait a second. You, you were like, you were doing, like, you were like jumping and hitting those little stupid things at the combine uh, when I was doing my dance. Uh, uh, I built YouTube. 
Are you kidding me? You're trying to claim that you've been on YouTube for two years and all of a sudden you run the YouTube show? Listen, go ask man. the people of YouTube. Go to wherever they're based. Palo Alto. I don't know where the hell they're based. Go ask them who Ariel Hawani is and the and, and, and foundation that he built for losers like you on YouTube. Don't you dare try to steal that shine. Those That blood and sweat and tears right. that I that I put into YouTube, all right? All right. Go, Shot, hey, listen, hey, you're listen, right. Hey, I need I to pay you respect. Show, I need to pay you respect. great researchers over there. You need to get some of those on your squad, all right? Be like Jim. <laughs> listen, how'd you do on Jim, by the way? Were you good or did you stink? Were you ESPN Ariel or were you the YouTube Ariel that everybody <laughs> fell in love with and probably what got you your job at ESPN? Jim texted me personally afterwards, and he said, let me tell you something. I've been in this business for around 30 years. <laughs> never, never have we had a guest that electrified our audience quite like you. I mean, holy smokes. How much they pay you over there at ESPN? I said, Jim, a bit uncomfortable for me to talk about. I mean, it's really not your place to ask me that type of question. But uh, rest assured, they treat me very well. I'm very happy over there, and I'd be happy to boost your ratings just like I do for that Jabron Pat McAfee every Friday. Is this like a set thing? Are we doing this every Friday now? Like, no, is this, no, I Bill's like losing your thing. Yeah. No, no. If the Bills were to lose, there's a yes, good chance you and I potentially never speak again. That's no. it? Ever. Yeah, that's it. Are you sending me to Tampa if they win? Is that what we discuss? If you can be part of the 22,000, if you could figure out a way to be a part of the 22,000, we will pay for that for sure. Yeah. We will do the entire thing. going to be like, tough. Can I be your correspondent? Like, I want to I want to report on, on like, Super Bowl week, yeah. media day, all that stuff. For sure. For sure. 22,000 fans are going to be able to be down there. I don't think there is a media day, though. Like, I, I don't think any of that's happening this year. I believe. Well, maybe I can make my own. You know, I know a lot of people. I was on Eric Wood's podcast yesterday, and he told me that I'm now an official member of Bill Mossman. How dare you laugh at Eric Woods? He's a legend. He had to retire. He had a neck injury, and uh, I believe he was part of your draft class. He was. If my memory serves me correct. He was. So. He's a good dude. I'm a big fan of Eric Wood, but you just, you know, you just start. You're saying what? all the names you know in football. That is all you're doing. <laughs> I, I'm watching your your. Can brain. you get some new material? For God's sakes, have I not? It's not new. Have it, I not proven myself enough? What? Yeah, I guess you have. No, you don't know shit. You had no idea. I played multiple championship games. You just come you know, on. You once kicked off in the Super Bowl. I know all about it. Hey, go that was things. my Twitter bio. That's how you learned that. But let's get to the fight this weekend, please. You okay, and your I'm friend. I was going to say that. Ask me a damn question. I've been sitting here for twenty minutes. Yeah, and it stunk the entire time. By the way, I, I, I'm joking. Right. Conor McGregor. Big fight this weekend. He said something the other day. I think it was to you. I, I'm, I'm not 100 sure. It might have been. Probably. No, I think it was in another interview, actually, because it was more like a uh, he gave an answer as if he wasn't comfortable with the person or whatever. It was just kind of like a quick blurb mm. or whatever. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. He said he has, he has four fights left in his UFC contract. He wouldn't mind if they're in the next three months, basically. he mm -hmm. What is that about? Does he just he's in that good of shape? He thinks these fights are going to go so quick or he wants to become a free agent so he can do something on his own. What do you think that means? So if connor gets through those four fights he would without a doubt be you know the hottest free agent if you want to call it that in the history of this sport as you may know it's not common for guys at his level to fight out their deal and quote unquote test the market free agency isn't as common as it is in say the nfl nba etc so i mean i think he's acutely aware of his uh, his contract status and I think he understands that he could probably make a lot more money, that he's underpaid. I think Conor McGregor is very underpaid. I think he brings so much revenue to the UFC that, you know, he should be making a hell of a lot more. And I also think the guy really wants to be active. If the pandemic never happened, he would have fought at least three times last year. I believe that. And I predicted at the beginning of this year, 
if all goes to plan, he will fight at least three times in uh, in 2021. So, hey, if he fights those three fights, we could be sitting right here. I mean, you probably still won't have a show, but I'll still be, you know, killing it over for the worldwide leader. And uh, we're talking about early 2022, right. and he's on the final fight of his deal, and that would be that would be big business, you as th- they say. You think this fight this weekend, this show is going to survive? By the way, and that's mm-hmm. part of being on YouTube is you yep. just you choose whether or not it survives. You, know I mean? <laughs> you choose we'll whether see. you flip. Remember the these words. Yeah, remember these words. Is Connor going to win tomorrow or not? Do you think this is a fight that favors him? He seemed to be very comfortable when he was talking to you. Look small. You said I think last week that normally he's very agitated when he has to lose weight. He's very intense. He seems very relaxed. He was holding up hot sauce this morning at a weigh-in, I guess, alongside Dustin Poirier. Well, that was Dustin. Dustin gifted him that. Dustin has a hot sauce company i guess or just one i don't know and he gave it to him as a present so it was a nice little moment between the two by the way do you always wear glasses or i feel like you've seen how good i look in glasses and now you're wearing glasses as well are you copying me is that what's happening here oh shut the fuck up i mean just answer that. just answer i mean you just you look great i'm just i'm giving you a compliment right now you i don't want a compliment from you okay i just want to hear about conor mcgregor and by the way i wear them every once in a while normally when the vitamins have hit a little bit too hard and you can't tell if my eyes are open or not so i put these on as an added layer of camouflage for the eyeballs because the youtube commenters go ahead and start saying a lot of things about me being on cloud 40 potentially for these (laughs) conversations when clearly 2020 i'm not pal I'm seeing that's right um the youtube commenters for your particular show aka a cesspool of humanity i mean you talk about the lowest of the low you talk about the lowest common denominator there is it's those fine folks so back to conor mcgregor uh yes he is in good spirits yes he is in fine form yes a lot of people are making a big deal about the fact that they're all chummy chummy make no mistake about it these guys are going in there to knock each other's heads off i think it's actually brilliant on conor's part i think he's trying to disarm Dustin Poirier, I think he did the exact same thing with Donald Cerrone last year. They were all chummy chummy. They were boys. And then what happened? He came out, guns blazing, opening seconds of the fight, and ended up finishing Donald Cerrone in 40 seconds. Now, does this fight last longer than 40 seconds? Yes, I do believe so. The first time they fought back in 2014, a minute and 46 seconds. Ultimately, I think Connor wins this fight, but I do think it lasts longer than that. I don't think it goes the distance. I don't think it's a 25-minute fight. Have you ever Have you ever had insight? Have you ever had an encyclopedic mind like this on this program where he just spout <laughs> off times like that off the top of his head? No preparation, no notes whatsoever. Yeah. Are you not in awe? Do you have chills running up and down your spine like I do? Because I sure as hell do. No, it's, I look in the mirror every single day and see the same thing. Three hours a day, no notes ever. Not talking about one fight every three months either. So no, I'm not impressed at all. Neither are the YouTube talking? commenters, by the way. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, like I'm scared of those losers. Let's talk <laughs> about the Bills' defense last Saturday. Can we talk about Taron Johnson? Can you give me something? Can you give me something to chew on? Are you on the bandwagon? Are you giving in a pit? Are, like, are you going to give us a prediction right now? Are you officially going to jump on my side for this? I'm. I've been a fan of this team. Jokes. Let me take this. Oh, oh wow. whoa! Let me get serious. A little Can bit I more personal here. I want to get serious. Stick aside. Can I have a minute to get serious? Absolutely. I fell in love with the Buffalo Bills in 1990. I was a seven-year-old boy. I was on my uncle's house, and I was watching the Super Bowl. And I saw Scott Norwood miss that field goal. Wide right. We all know what happened. We all know what happened against the Giants. I remember walking to my parents' bathroom after the Redskins Super Bowl and crying. Whoa. 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 Football team. This is a shoot. This is a shoot. Football team. I cried. It meant that much to me. And I remember thinking, why does this mean so much to me? 
but they were a part of who I was. My older brothers, Cowboys fans, tormented me for the next two Super Bowls. Of course, we lost two in a row. It was horrible. And then we had a couple of good years, Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie. But then, of course, the last 20 years, it's been a joke, right? The claim to fame has been, you know, falling through tables that were on fire. This has been a very hard year for a lot of people. Pandemic, depressing times, losing their jobs, losing family members. I haven't seen my beloved parents for over a year. I haven't seen my sister in over a year. They live in Canada. I miss them. I'm homesick. With Josh Allen, and I hope that he sees this, with Stephon Diggs, with Sean McDermott, with Devin Singletary, what all those guys in Western New York have done for people like me, and I could speak on behalf of Bill's Mafia for the entire community, the light that they've given us, the, the happiness that they've given us, the excitement that they have given us in the darkest time of our lives, I will forever be in debt to those men. I love this team. I want two more games. That's all I want. I want one more one more win on Sunday and then another in two weeks. And I just want to be champions and I want to celebrate virtually online with all those fans who are like me 30 years ago crying because our beloved Bills lost. Two more games, guys. Dig down deep. You have a whole nation. You have a whole community behind you. Go out there. Get it done. Shut everyone up. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo. Take it to the Chiefs. And let's go to Tampa. Sight of where Scott Norwood missed that field goal 30 years ago. Yeah. Let's write that wrong. And let's get Tom Brady back for all the years of torment he gave Aaron, to us. Totally. I want Tom. I want the Bucks at home. I want that championship. I want the Lombardi Trophy going to Ralph Wilson slash New Era slash Bill Stadium, baby. Woo! Let's go. Woo! Hey, that was awesome, Mario. That was awesome. And I, I, I am sorry to hear that you haven't seen your parents in months or whatever. And I assume that they don't have the channels that you're on, the ESPN package up there in Canada or whatever. So they probably haven't seen you either. So let's hope that the Bills Mafia does get the dub for you and your family. But uh, the Chiefs is the Chiefs, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, ladies and gentlemen, Area Hawaii. Thank you. Hey, what are you? You just on ESPN the rest of the day or whatever? Yeah, I'm so busy. I mean, I got, like I just missed. I actually missed like three spots just being here, but it was worth it. You know what, Patrick? Because deep down inside, I know you're a hell wannabe. I know you're a fan, and I know you're pulling for Bill's Mafia just like oh, I am. So much love. Yeah. Hey, before you go, and I assume yeah. you're going to get talked to BT Sport, the ESPN of Europe, got the break on this one. Dana White, um, he uh, he told a story this morning about a guy named uh, uh, Ottoman. Uh, I mean, your producer in your ear is dropping the ball on this one. Yes, go ahead. No, no, dropping the ball. Who found this video? Somebody answer? You. you. Thank you. Run the video, please, from BT Sport. I found this video. Thank you. We're all excited about seeing him fight. Um, we now guy, know he's yeah. not, and the press release has said that it's a health That's actually my voice. I'm just uh, putting violation. on an English accent. I'm surprised at that, because <laughs> how do you do that out here? <laughs> you didn't know. It was me. It's pretty amazing, actually. I was wearing yeah, a big note. Uh, the story. What, did we not tell the story? It's of, impossible. You know? Are we not telling the story? Uh, so he and his team cut off their wristbands, gave them to somebody outside the bubble. I don't know how they even did it. That guy taped them, showed up here with a bag, went into a room, shimmied across four um, balconies, went in his room, Dropped the bag off, changed his clothes, and then left. Now, when security tried to stop him, he wouldn't stop either way. And, uh, yeah, it's just bad. 
He's gone. He's no longer a UFC fighter. Yeah, he's fired. And uh, so. he's not fighting tonight. Yeah, that guy is. Uh, so he's been cut from the UFC off the back. Yeah, so that guy's fired. Yeah, see you later. What happened? What was in the bag? Ariel, do, have you had your nose to the grindstone over there to find out what's going on? What do we got going on with this situation with? And who was the fighter again? Atman Azaitar, who's actually a really good fighter, um, had been on a nice little roll. Unfortunately, I do not know what was in the bag. Um, but that, I mean, that's obviously a massive deal, and I think the UFC is in the right for doing that. They're trying to keep everything under control over there. Can you, could you imagine? Like, this is a Conor McGregor fight, millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake, and you got some people climbing over, uh, like balconies. I mean, just unbelievably dumb. Um, let's be honest. So, unfortunately for him, he's no longer a member of the UFC, but it's actually crazy because, uh, his opponent is now fighting a guy named Matt Frivola, whose opponent didn't make weight, so he was going to be out with, uh, you know, with with no opponent. So they're able to match those two guys up. It's a silver lining. But to answer your question, I know you only care about the bag. I don't know what was in the bag, and it would be, it would be very irresponsible on my part to even try to hypothesize what was in the bag because I'm a professional journalist. I've won ten awards, and that's not kind. Of, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you know, like DeBrones in your YouTube comments do. I don't, I don't speculate. All right, when I know the answer, just like Doctor. I say it. If I don't know, I don't get. <laughs> oh, oh man, I've been watching those commenters go with that one. <laughs> um, Ariel, I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate you. I know this is like Super Bowl weekend for you in the fight game, and then hopefully you'll be able to have a big Super Bowl weekend here in a couple weeks. Uh, we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Hey, go XL- Bills. XLs, dude. XLs. I'm on it. Double X. Let's be safe. Oh, Ariel. How dare you? I love that man. He cracks me up. <laughs> me too. He did that on ESPN a couple times this week. Yeah. It was probably the best he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Long time. Probably actually award winning. Oh, he went scorched earth on Taylor Twelman. Taylor Twelman. I didn't know Taylor Twelman was big MMA. That, that was me like, neither. I didn't know he was in there. He was kind of in there doing the whole thing. Taylor Twelman's a good soccer player, right? Yeah. Soccer oh, yeah. player. Mm-hmm. New England Revolution. MLS? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ariel buried him. Big time. Oh, yeah. Ariel went after <laughs> like him. A bug. Taylor didn't know, I don't think, that that was happening. <laughs> no. Because Ariel on ESPN is a much different Did we not like that? It is, it is normally, you know, he will be fighting and that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, because the E in the ESPN, I think, stands for entertainment of some sort. Is that, uh, is that right? Hmm. <laughs> I think. Huh. No way. Uh, unless it changed. I mean, the founders. It was like executive or something. No, well, it does. It feels like that every once in a yeah. while. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions. Hey! millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. You know, uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication last week between myself and FanDuel. We worked that out. That's kind of how things operate whenever you're in a business relationship with each other. But even if we weren't in a business relationship with FanDuel, it'd be hard to say that we wouldn't use the FanDuel Sportsbook app. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us is a Super Bowl champion, a man who has climbed Mount Lombardi from beginning to end and has also done the same mountain climb in the college football world. A champion of... A lot of things. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. Yeah! 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 Great shirt. Great shirt. How you doing, AJ? Oh, I'm doing doing great. Had to put this shirt on. I know you had someone on the show earlier that was uh, made some disparaging remarks, but I had to oh, right. honor my you know my Native American brothers. Okay. I appreciate you doing that and honoring your Native American brothers. Uh, the disparaging mark you're referring to, if um, <laughs> did you do that because he's Canadian? <laughs> What? <laughs> what? 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 I respect that a lot. Uh, I don't know. Did you get a chance to listen to the full conversation? Did you hear what he said about you? I heard you. You said disparaging, Mark. Did you get to hear it or have you just been texted about it? Uh, I, I did get to see a, a good chunk of Ariel. And you know what? I had like a range of emotions throughout it. All right. Like well, most people. Yeah, go ahead. Like most people early on despise him. Terrible human. Like, this is stupid. Get off the screen is what you think. But then he, he somehow sucks you back in when his screen goes off. All of a sudden, he's got a screensaver on a fake background. <laughs> like, go old school, buddy. Just tape it to the wall. And I do. I respect the fact that Ariel thinks about me that much that he had to come in with like a, a pre-planned speech to yeah. say something like to, to take a dig at me because honestly since the last time he was on the show i haven't his thought of ariel hawani hasn't <laughs> crept into my brain so wow. i appreciate i appreciate my I, I appreciate that i take up so much real estate in his brain yeah Hell as yeah. you should by the way and it's very intriguing because either you know he was on the hawk cast or you were on his cast back in the day, and somewhere it's kind of all taken a turn. And he came in, and, and for those that didn't hear what he said and what AJ is responding to, this is what Ariel Hawani said. Hey, hey, by the way, where's Debbie Downer? Where's ratings killer AJ? Ah, where's he at? He, I mean, AJ, AJ, buddy, do you know that you're supposed to actually speak when you're on camera? I remember that stupid look that I would slap off if I ever saw him in person. AJ, buddy, you know you're actually supposed to contribute to the program? No. Oh, no. Nice. no. You don't watch the show. You just watch the I don't clips. like it. Hey, I don't like, I don't like he's only watching clips. He doesn't watch the show, AJ. We apologize for that. We are going to change the way we yes. clip because of things like that. We kind of set you up into that position. We apologize. Please don't ever do anything because Ariel Hawani said that. <laughs> Keep Just, everything how it is. Everything is great. <laughs> Do not let him derail anything that you have going on. <laughs> All right. Um, we got a big weekend. We talked to him about the McGregor-Poirier fight. Uh, Poirier. 
I see how it's spelled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is it? Poirier. Yeah. Poirier. 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 That's Poirier. He's a bad dude. I've been watching some highlights of him. He's a hell of a fighter. This guy, hell of a fighter. I didn't know much about him. I am a a rube, a noob. I am an outsider that just enjoys watching two people go and throw bombs at each other. I will watch all the fights, except for the Wednesday ones that are tough and if there's football on. But aside from that, I feel like I have watched a lot of UFC in my life. I'm learning about Dustin Poirier. Okay, I like that. But Conor McGregor feels like this is a big weekend for this guy. Do you not think so? I mean, the biggest story of the weekend is some guy coming in with a bag of, the internet is saying potential drugs, sneaks into the hotel, climbs over balconies, four balconies, drops a bag off and then runs out the other side alleged this is what the internet said these are all alleged things dana white said that's a big story conor mcgregor's fighting though you're an mma guy you're a big fan will you be watching that fight at like what 1 2 a.m sunday <laughs> morning uh yeah i plan on watching it yeah they fought before and conor won but i mean there's been so much time since that and conor's been like in and out he hasn't fought consistently lately but I think I said it yesterday. I don't know how to pick against Connor. Like when against Khabib, when he's fighting Khabib, I understand like Khabib is a different thing. But everybody else, I just have a really hard time picking against Connor. That guy wrestled bears growing up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Khabib. Yeah. Wrestled bears. Swimming up. Hey, swimming. Yeah, yeah, swimming against the current. With that um Frozen River. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. With the guy that was scaling across balconies and everything that Dana talked about, whose room did he go into and drop the bag? Well, I assume they were very picky with that, the information they released, because a lot of it, I mean, the fodder, the conspiracy fodder on the internet is immediately upon the bag getting there. It just goes, because, I mean, so this guy, backpack on with whatever's in it. Yeah. <laughs> he, that's what I've been told today. <laughs> yeah. That's what the internet is saying. Mm-hmm. Not, that, that has not been... He's scaling balconies at yet at Fight Island on Yoss Island. Uh-huh. Yoss Island. And then he's dropping it off, changing clothes, spring down the hallway, getting the hell out of there. He was sent in there with one mission. It was to get the bag within the UFC premise. Have you have we learned anything more about it other than what we heard Dana talk about? I want to know like what level fl- floor was this on? Because in Abu Dhabi, you see all these big fucking size skyscrapers. Was this guy jumping balcony to balcony like a hundred stories up? And could you not see that probably if you're looking at the hotel? Is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whoa. All he want. He's a three balcony. That fucker went four balconies. <laughs> see that guy? Like, I would assume that's something you see. If all the images of Abu Dhabi and, and Dubai and everything over there are right, it feels like those buildings, you can see them pretty clear mm-hmm. there. I wonder if that's how they caught it. Dana's, like, walking back in. It's fucking who the fuck's guy. The guy in the, who the fuck's the guy in the balcony up there? I don't know. People are saying he's got a bunch of drugs in there. <laughs> it's interesting. It is very. He's probably going to go to jail over there, right? Because over there, drugs are massive ordeal. Oh yeah. And obviously, trespassing with the UFC and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be. And by the way, we don't know if there was drugs in there. That is just mm-hmm. what the internet is speculating, allegedly, that there's drugs in there. It's very interesting, though. It is very, especially with Ariel, the way he talked about it. It's like this is potentially a hundred million dollar weekend for the UFC. Now you got some guy scaling balconies to drop <laughs> off a bag that could. Be potentially derail the whole thing i'd assume dana's not exactly thrilled about it well don't you think the like the ufc or the cops whoever has to do like an internal investigation and feel like okay whose room was it who's connected they could easily figure out who set this all up you know if you want to go next level 
next level thinking. Okay. Like, hey, this is what we're going to have you do. You're actually going to put it in the room that's next to ours. It'll be somebody else's room. They'll take the heat, and also we'll be able to potentially just get in there if we have to. That's next level thinking. There's no way, by the way, if you're getting somebody to scale balconies that you're you're not thinking of that at that point. Probably not. That's wild. I remember dudes tried to, uh, you know, sneak ladies into the team hotel. That was always a problem. I couldn't even fathom trying to get drugs in Dubai and <laughs> scaling balconies. I mean, that's, a, that's an insane thing. So, Connor wins that fight. Let's get to championship weekend, AJ. Let's get, let's get to what everybody wants to hear you and I talk about, okay? Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes going to play. Is there any thought in your mind that the Bills get to win here, or are you 100% all in on Kansas City at this point, AJ? I'm like 95% in on Kansas City. I, Me too. I, pick, I would say the Chiefs are going to win, but I can definitely see a way that the Bills could win. Like we know at times, like the, the Chiefs offense will sputter at times. And if they sputter long enough, I think the Bills offense is explosive enough to maybe uh, jump out to a lead and hold on to it. It's interesting because whenever you start looking at matchups, you start thinking to yourself like, eh, maybe Josh and Stefan will have a good day. You know, like yeah. maybe they will be able to move the ball on the offense side. And then you think on the defense side, you're like, they're a good defense, but can you keep up with the Chiefs? And it's like, well, let's look at some teams that have kept up with the Chiefs defense-wise that have been able to stop the Chiefs. There's a lot of teams that haven't been like number one defenses that the Chiefs haven't just run up the score on this year. You know, there's there's been more teams getting stops in moments that I didn't think they would against this year's Chiefs team strictly because the narrative of this Chiefs team by all of us since last playoffs is this is an unstoppable team. And I have said un- – Uncompete with a bull was what I called it early in the season because it really felt like that. It was like, how are you going to stop this? You're not. And then all of a sudden, something started happening. They stopped covering all their games. Mm-hmm. Like they never covered. It just started getting close. And it's just that flip of the switch. We need to score. We need this drive. I think the Chiefs have. Can I say that the Buffalo Bills have it? I guess you could point to some examples this year. I have not done enough of it. But for me, that particular switch is one that's very difficult to beat. I think the Patriots had it for a long time mm-hmm. with Tom. Uh, I don't know if it's just Tom or the Patriots. or Whenever they need a win, they get it. It feels like this is the life we're going to be living with this Chiefs team for a long time. And I love the Bills team as well, but it, it just feels like the Chiefs, whenever they have to do something, they, if they have to get a stop, they'll get a stop. If they have to score, they're going to score. It just feels like it's inevitable at some times. And I, it's hard for me to go ahead and go, well, I think the Bills are going to be able to travel over there and get a win, especially with Patrick Mahomes fully participating in practice now. It just feels like that's going to be a very tall task with how the Bills have played lately and with how the Chiefs have played. It just it seems like this is a Chiefs game, and I'd assume a lot of the money's on that. Diggs, what is the, the money has to be very high on the Chiefs, I'd assume, at this point. The money is actually on the Bills. 60% of the money is on the Bills. Oh, yes! Wow. By the way, and I heard a stat this morning, and oh, I think I'm correct. God. Patrick Mahomes has nine losses, I think, in his career, um, and the lowest number of points um, that the other team to beat him has scored is 36. So you basically have to score more than 35 to beat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, if, if that stat is something we Correct. should definitely base all of our information off of, which, by the way, uh, stats don't lie. You know no, what I mean? Stats no, don't no, lie. No, no, that no. one won't lie at all. It's just 
I'm very fucking pumped that 60% of the money is on Chiefs right yeah. there. That makes me feel very, very Huge. good. Nick, what's going on? Uh, concussion issues aside, uh, whether it uh, exists or not, or it was just the nerve, are you worried about the toe at all? Yeah, the toe's interesting, but they'll be able to give him something, AJ. I feel like that was that is something, a pain. Now, he won't be able to run as much as he normally does, which is a weapon, him extending plays and everything like that. But I feel like he'll be at a point where he can't even feel that toe. I, I might be wrong, but I feel like that's potentially something that could happen. Yeah, you would hope they can give him something, maybe shoot up with something to to make it so that's obviously not his – it's not on his mind. But they end uh, – you've heard comments from multiple coaches and players, I think, that say, like, oh, the, the toe is not going to be an issue. They they all seem to not – already have moved on from that. They're more worried about, I guess, what he's going to look like. They don't want to see him wobbling anymore because Henny's going to be – I don't know, man. Henny's going to have to come in and be the hero if Mahomes can't make it. And Chad Henny and Ryan Fitzmagic kind of have similar traits. You know what I mean? Come in and oh, close yeah. the game out. Mm-hmm. We got you there. Uh, the toe, I had a broken toe here recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss a show. Nope. No. Not one. Did not miss a show. So maybe the toe won't be that big of a deal. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Zito, what do the people think is going to happen this weekend? Because Zito has a poll this weekend. What is most likely going to be the Super Bowl matchup, basically? What are the numbers sitting at, Zito? Yeah, right now, last place, uh, we still have Chiefs Bucks at 9.2%. Then we have Bills, Bucks, 11.5%. Packers, Bills, 36.6%. And Packers, Chiefs, 42.6%. Okay, so this is a, this is an interesting thing now because although the money in the sports book is on the Bills, it does seem like our poll is on the Chiefs right yeah. now. So we kind of have to counterbalance here a couple of different narratives that I potentially have created. If, if, if everybody's picking it in the poll – Probably not going to be what happens because the sports books know that. But then when you go to the sports books, and by the way, normally our poll matches up with the sports book money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, it's the opposite here. Is that good? That's good news for us in the poll. That means here, championship weekend, us and our people are getting hot at the right time. Is that right? Dick? It does match heavily though on the Packers because the Packers are getting sixty-eight percent of the money. They are the highest wow. receiving. Team okay, let's move weekend. to that next game because I did release my super boost this weekend, available in all states, including Virginia and Michigan. Hell yeah. Shout out to the Michigan boost, by the way. Red Wings just to win tonight. I boosted it up to plus 250 just in uh, Michigan. Congrats to Michigan. And if the Pistons score at least 10 points in the first quarter, not a lock. If the Pistons score 10 points in the first quarter in their game tonight, I believe that's an even money bet when it was minus 10,000, which means you got to bet a lot to make it. It's an even money bet now only for the people of Michigan. Welcome to the FanDuel family, Mitten State. Here we go. Uh, then my boost, though, this weekend is Packers-Chiefs. And the fan, uh, FanDuel gave us a half a point on each of them. So Packers minus 2.5, Chiefs minus 2.5. I forget what it is. It, it's a pretty good boost. It, it, it's been boosted up pretty good. I like the Packers in that game strictly because of everything I said in the last hour about the Packers being hot and blah, 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 all that type of stuff. But it just feels like that's the team right now that's going to go. Uh, how do you feel about this game? Are you on the same side as me? I would assume that uh, although you are a – uh, right down the middle, journalist. I would assume that you have some allegiances to Green Bay. Has that affected any of your decision-making as well? I mean, yeah, of course it's affected my decision-making because I, I've been there and I've seen firsthand what Aaron can do, and I think he's the biggest factor in this game, and especially with how he's played throughout this season, being the MVP. Uh, it's just it, it's really impressive. I think he is super uh, – whatever his mindset is right now, you know, listener to it on, on Tuesdays, the guy is dialed in. But I think he's excited to have a – an NFC Championship game in Lambeau. I think he wants to give that to the fans, to the people there. Uh, I think even though we know 
it's not a normal year. It's not going to be packed. I think it's, it means something to him, and it means something to that team. It is interesting because him saying we, we finally got one here or whatever, talking about an NFC mm-hmm. championship, he doesn't want that memory to be a – No. No. No, mm, he doesn't. Not for the people of Lambo. I don't nope. think he'll allow it. No. Won't allow quite it. Quite frankly. Won't stand for it. What do you got, Diggs? Your uh, Chiefs and Packers minus 2.5 is plus 210 on FanDuel right now. Tasty. Ooh. Let's go. Wow. Hey, let's go. Come let's on. go and Come get on. it. We only got a couple of these left in the NFL season. Trying to make some, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been trying to make some big shots, go for big boosts so we can make big money, okay? Hasn't always played out, all right? Because then the one thing will not, you know, somebody will stink that yeah. didn't expect to stink. <laughs> this one I feel pretty good about, plus 210, more than double your money, $50 max bet. Go ahead and get a hundo. What's going on, Gumpy? If the Packers are leading at halftime when Rodgers is up at half at Lambeau, 71-1. and one. That's pretty good. Here we go. Who was the one? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, who was the one there? Do you that know? was a great question. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some phone calls here. Let's go to Kyle up there in Toronto. What's going on, Kyle? Canadian man. Hey, Pi, I was just wondering if I talked to you about the other Jeffrey Lebowski. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Uh, MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell. Yeah, so after that man conversation yesterday, I had a nightmare I was having an Epsom salt bath, and uh, MCDC DC busted in and kicked me out of the tub. Been there. That's crazy. Nice. Kyle, nice. come on, boo. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking about, you know, coming in here and shooting your shot, but let's fucking make sure we aim a little bit when we're shooting. You know what I mean? Like, just a little. Let's have a little bit of a plan. Use that the backboard. Let's, yeah. uh, let's have a little bit of a plan. Was you know what I mean? Hip? That guy came in. He said, I'm going to talk about Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Epsom salt bath. Thought he was going to go with CBD, MD, MCDC. If he would have oh, went on that, yeah. if yeah. he would have went on that run, would have been great. Maybe that was the initial thought. He's from Toronto. Let's assume he's a nice man. Maybe he was caught off guard by the Native American T-shirt that AJ Hawk is wearing, strictly because Ariel Helwani is a Canadian and uh, he wanted to take a little shot. Maybe a couple of those things add up. Whatever the case, it was not great. But hey, it's a feel good Friday, Kyle. Have a great week. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now. Let's talk about the dude, all right, Dan Campbell, just a little bit. He was on uh, Good Morning Football this morning, Mm -hmm. and uh, he he was asked about, because his name tag at uh, the Lions facility, which is state-of-the-art, by the way, he said, uh, might be recruiting free agents right now, but we have state-of-the-art facilities. (laughs) He said that in his opening press conference. It's his head coach and the dude. He was asked about it this morning on Good Morning Football. Uh, A quick question first. Have you ever dressed up as the Big Lebowski for Halloween? (laughs) <laughs> no, I have not. Uh, by the way, the greatest scene, I was actually talking to Sheila Ford about this. All right, She's unbelievable. Sheila Ford Hamp, right, the, our owner. But she was laughing about it that somebody put the dude on, you know, the name tag. We, and uh, I said, man, the greatest, the greatest part of that film is when he's over the hill with the ashes. John Goodman is, and he's shaking the ashes, and they blow back in the, the dude's it. face. That was so good. Um, <laughs> And they hug it out. This guy's awesome. That's a head coach of the Lions right there. I love this, man. (laughs) This guy is a walking, talking meme, and I'm pumped for it. I mean, if he gets them boys to win some games, AJ, hey, if he gets them boys to win some games, you're talking about Canton maybe two years from now. That's right. That guy's awesome. If he, and if he's super successful, we're going to see a run on giant ex-players becoming head coaches, like giant meathead guys that are absolute leaders. Like, don't you think we could see, you know, there's the Sean McVay situation. Like, hey, if you touch McVay, you're getting hired. Now, 
if you're a big, tall, you know, whatever, manly man, and you're, you, you can get the fans to get behind you, maybe you're going to have a gig. Vrabel might have started that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vrabel mm-hmm. might have started that. And I guess if he gets going, and then now MCDC gets going, there's going to be some outside firm that's going to talk to these owners and go, you know, there's something to say <laughs> about, you know, kind of the guys that look like they have an entire tin of tobacco. That's what they do. They put tobacco, oh. an entire tin of tobacco in their jaw at all times. Mm-hmm. Those guys have have found success motivating their team. And then the owners will be like, I guess you're right. Somebody fucking call A.J. Hawk down there. <laughs> Somebody get A.J. Hawk over here to fight all the other coaches. I have no idea how he's going to do. I have no clue how it's going to go, but it seems like it's going to be entertaining. Well, I'm just curious because I know Lions fans love it. They're, they're going crazy like they just got the you know reincarnation of Lombardi. What are we giving it, 12, 14 months before they all think he's just a big, dumb dipshit? Oh, oh, That's America's sweetheart right there. Come on. Oh, I'm just curious. The same thing happened with Patricia. Hey, we got the mad genius. And then, you know, 14 months later, they're like, get this fat doofus out of here. <laughs> Cyclical. Hey, Ty, it's about expectations, don't you think? You'd much rather be a guy that comes in that's kind of unheard of. Like Arthur Smith, people aren't really sure what he's going to be in Atlanta. And then all of a sudden you win. Like, wow, this guy's amazing. Like, the expectation's all that matters. Well, it sounds like their expectations are sky high. They're still talking about, you know, 10 and ten and 7 going to the playoffs. I think they might need to. Let's go to Brett in Michigan. Let's go to Brett in Michigan. Brett, what's going on up there? Are you guys ready to run through some walls for MCDC, pal? Oh yeah, man. We got some. Uh, we got some rumors that we're trying to trade for uh, Deshaun Watson already up here. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh, why not? Boomer said Stafford's gone. Hey, how about that? Stafford allegedly wants out. I don't know if Boomer heard that from our show or actually heard <laughs> that from somebody legit, but allegedly Stafford wants out. Bring him to Indy, AJ. Bring Stafford to Indianapolis. What Stafford is? He should want out, and he should. There's a lot of options for him too. We got some breaking news. Um, Ian Rappaport, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, tells reporters that he's been cleared from the NFL's concussion protocol. He's good to go for Sunday. The independent neurological consultant has cleared Patrick Mahomes. That's step five of the concussion protocol. He's all the way back. Will we ever find out what happened? Hopefully this offseason, Patrick will tell the story or somebody else will because he is, you know, one of the biggest names in all of sport at this point. It was kind of an interesting situation. Patrick Mahomes will be in Arrowhead with a clear head. Playing against the Buffalo Bills, he has been completely cleared. Let's go. There was talks of maybe moving the game if he couldn't play. Thankful we don't have to do that, AJ. That was you, right? Didn't you say they should move no, no, the game? No, 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 no. Somebody much better than me at this job said that. I tell you what, like, with for Cowherd, just to say that and the like, the reaction it got, like, why not? Why wouldn't he say that? Well, that's why he's much better than me at this job. <laughs> that, that, for instance. That's exhibit A, right there, A and B, C, and maybe even D <laughs> of why he's better than me at this job. But it doesn't matter at this point. Patrick Mahomes is back. That, that helps out the Super Boost. That helps out everybody's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Although Chad Henney's still a problem. Let's not get oh, it. Yeah. True, true. Chad Henney's still a problem. Look out. Can't thank you enough for joining us all week, all week. Hey, we moved to a Monday through Friday podcast, and we thought, you know, it's too much of me. Yeah, you did say that. Too much of us. Mm-hmm. But you guys have been rocking with us. 
We are so, so, so grateful. Hashtag end of pod squad. Let's give away another five, 10,000, whatever Ty wants to figure out. Sounds good. We appreciate you rocking with us. Be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe, rate, review. And if you're at this point and you hated this show, I have a lot of respect for you hate listening like this. Yeah, for sure. Because this is a long show today. Yeah. Please don't tell anybody that you hated it. But I do want to let you know, a shout out to you for fucking hate listening all, all this time. <laughs> shout out. All right, hashtag in a pod squad. Send a picture wherever the hell you are this weekend. Having a good time, we hope. We'll see you on Overreaction Monday. From all of us, all of you, thank you so, so much. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and propel us into championship weekend. Hell yeah!